wretched slugs. Don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. All right, guys, welcome back. It's New Blood Rising podcast. Uh, it is season five. It's been a while, but we're talking about from Sting to Hogan. It's early WCW, early 90s WCW, 1990 through roughly a little bit of 1994. Uh, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's it going, everybody? It's been a while. Charlie Stabile. Glad to be back. So let's not waste any time. Let's just get right back into it. We're picking up with Wrestle War 92, which is a pretty significant show. It is a show that is still referenced to this day anytime the topic of war games comes up. Although this is yet another one of these shows where, like Battle Bowl, it's like, it's Wrestle War, it's War Games, it's the match beyond. There's like 15, that's an exaggeration, but there's like like 15 different names for this, and it's just like, let's let's just dial it back. I wish they could just call it War Games and be done with it. But whatever. It's okay. It's all right. Um, I will have notes from Nick. Nick always sends us stuff. I'm going to save it for the end because I think it works better. It's it's It references the show as if it already happened. Like it, like it, it, We're going to be talking about stuff that came out like in dirt sheets and stuff like that at the end. So I'm going to save that. But let's get into this. We're in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. A wonderfully titled place, the Memorial Coliseum. I miss places that were called just the Memorial Coliseum because nowadays you have to just find what's the what's a bank name. Okay, that's it. TD Bank uh, Field. That's where we're playing today. You know, that's. Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. But and that, and what what sucks is like <laughs> outside of places like like Madison Square Garden or Soldier Field. The rest of those places like keep getting renamed over the years, so it's like, oh yeah, they played a candlestick. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. It's called this. No, it's not called that. It's called this instead because they bought it two years later. It's the worst. All right, um, here we go. We've got. I don't know how you guys feel, but now that Jesse's here, I could really do without these Tony and Eric spots. Like, what's the point? They're so used. They are just filler. And, and Eric <laughs> is just like he's either drunk or like. He, he stumbles over his words, and he just kind of goes, eh, well, and then that, that's what I think about it. He's trying really hard, is what it looks like. Yeah, he's too going, hard. It, I think at one point he time travels from 2019 into his body and says something. I was like, whoa, <laughs> interesting. But, yeah, I just – but we'll have a few of these throughout the night. They hype up the match. They hype up, um, well, the, the War Games matches as a possible end – to the Pauly Dangerously, the Dangerous Alliance, and Sting and Sting Squadron feud that's been really going on since, I, I mean, honestly, what, fall of 91 was where this really started kind of taking shape. Um, and, of course, now we have a, nil, a nice little added wrinkle because since Sting won the world title, we're finally getting to the point where he's going to be feuding with Big Van Vader, and surprise, Sting has hurt ribs. Surprise. I, I don't, you know... I feel like he's going to have hurt ribs for like the entire year, uh, honestly. I, just... I think they're still hurting. <laughs> but if it's okay, if you hit him in the ribs with a sledgehammer, we can shake hands afterwards. I respect you, brother. I respect <laughs> you. 
Well, it's probably because he no longer feels anything in his ribs. That's more just like, oh, that tickled. Thanks, H. But no. <laughs> the power Also, bomb, I think it's cool. The game that played they... me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's neat is, is this is, uh, they mentioned this is Sting's first appearance since April, which I think it's only May. So it's like he's, he's been gone for a few weeks, folks. Uh, but I am such a Sting fan, but this is also my first appearance on the podcast since April. That's right. Uh, I think that's great. I was like, yes, I'll be just like my hero and not show up. Only I was the 400-pound man who broke my own ribs. So so we finally you know, we get through this. We go to Jesse and JR at ringside, uh, where JR goes over the War Games rules, but thankfully Gary Michael Capetta will break out like his big notepad of all the rules later um, in case you have no idea what's going on. Jesse, you know, has he he reiterates that he actually went to war in 1969 so in case you didn't know you know once again that jesse ventura is a vet he's seen a real war game so there we go and that leads and he was in predator (laughs) right we did right (laughs) and he had dinner with matthew broderick two nights ago so he is already (laughs) this is quite a life i hope jesse was driving Oh, stunner! Stunner! Wow. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Matthew Broderick walk into a bar. Oh, the end. God. Who calls William the Uber Rankin's first? Day on. The trick is the trick answer is nobody. Um, oh. All right, so that leads us to our our first match. It's a fabulous Freebirds taking on the electrifying combination of the tailor-made man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, who are the U.S. Tag Team Champions. Jason, welcome back to the podcast, and take it away, sir. Yes, it's the anti-New Blood match to kick off our first one back. Three of the biggest uh, pains in our asses this season, and then the addition of Greg, Game Face, the Hammer Valentine, um, when I put that out there, because... I don't know what's going through his mind, but that does not look like a game face. Just Jim Ross brings up uh, lots of times. Well, before I get started on the match, I want to shout out to all the folks that are in formal attire going to an event called War Games uh, and Wrestle War. And they are, there's a lot of them. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know if they, oh, another night at the opera. Fantastic. Did you bring your glasses? Um, Jesse tells us that he knows a thing or two about war. But he doesn't know shit about pocket squares and probably pisses off the formal tire people as he grabs Jim Ross. That's a nice polka dot tie you've got in your pocket. A polka dot tie he has in his pocket. Is that in case? Is that like a backup in case his red bow tie pops off or something? Shut the fuck up, Jesse. Man, you're coming out hot. I don't Jay. know what it is. Coming out hot. I'm not a, well, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, I mean, like a Ventura in the WCW so far. Like, we, I, you know. He gets there at some points, but man, he's more of a pain in the ass uh, than Jr. at sometimes. But you know, mm. it, it's <laughs> we're going to mm. talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but I also want to know: Is all right? So, William, this right off the bat, I got a question for you as an eagle-eyed editor of of films and other things. Did you notice that when the TTMM, that's the tailor-made man, comes out, he's wearing a smoking jacket, uh, his white shirt, a red bow tie as well, and all this is tucked into his tag team championship belt. 
by the time he and Greg the Hammer get into the ring, uh, it cuts to the crowd for just a few seconds of booze. Cuts back. He is now wearing the smoking jacket with no undershirt or bow tie. Takes off the smoking jacket, and the belt is there. Um, so I don't know, is it is it bad editing? Or is did the tailor-made man, within a matter of seconds, take off a smoking jacket, unbutton a white shirt, remove a bow tie, untuck it from a belt, and then put the belt back on, put the smoking jacket over it? It was very distraught for me. I couldn't tell. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you, as much as we hate these people these are as good as the notes get but there's like a shit ton of notes for some reason um yeah i, I don't know what it was i have two and a half pages of notes on this match i think it's because i haven't taken notes in a while please not go through all uh, of them no we're not we're not i i've highlighted some ones that are going to be important here and i'm sorry i've moved a little closer so that i can get into this but here's something that's very important uh Jim Ross makes the comment that these two teams are veteran teams and will make very few mistakes. The first thing that is not a three birds pose down uh, comes in when the TaylorMade Man and Baritone make a mistake by running into each other two, two minutes into the match. Michael Hayes rolls up Valentine while the TaylorMade Man is still in the ring, and the TaylorMade Man does not try to break up the pin. In fact, he tries to leave the ring, making two mistakes within a few seconds. All right. Uh, good veteran teams here. The comment, Valentine is the master of the figure four leg lock, just like every wrestler in 1992, <laughs> seems to be. Um, but He's not better than Bushwhacker this... Luke. Bushwhacker Luke puts on a mean Bush... figure four. Oh, bad he yeah, does. He does it the weird Shawn Michaels way, so you better look out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At least he doesn't do it the Miz way. Um, oh. and the wrong way. Going <laughs> he what am I doing? What am I doing here? Lock. Wait a minute! Whoa! <laughs> but uh, how many matches have face teams lost over the years because the referee does not see the tag, and yet the Freebirds don't tag and just come right on in, and they're supposed to be the good guys this match, I guess. Uh, but I, I don't. I don't get this match. There's a lot of weird stuff because, again, Greg the Hammer Valentine is master of the figure four leg lock, but he's working the upper body the entire time with the exception of, like, one backbreaker and then goes to put the figure four leg lock in 11 minutes into this match in which Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross both agree is too soon. No, it is not too soon. Uh, I just, I don't know. This match is not how I would kick off an event with War Games even though the crowd is freaking hot for the Freebirds, uh, even though they don't know the difference between Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner. Wait, 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 that's, you're stepping all over the next segment, sir. But, uh, I mean, all in all, the crowd, the crowd gets the DDT, the Freebirds get the U.S. Tag Team Champion, and a match that was so long that it had two hot tags. I gave this a three. Ooh, that high, huh? All right, Charlie, what did you think, pal? Well, you know, I was really excited to come back and do this show. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, not to bury the lead, but they're like, they're still the same hip hop and jackasses when they come to the ring and the crowd just, oh, well, they're fighting guys. We don't like, we like them. I, I, I really, I, I don't like that. And of course, like <laughs> with Greg Valentine and, and Terry Taylor, 
uh, boy, that's when I knew we were back. I was like, oh, here we go. Um, so this is another one of those WCW pay-per-views where there's two rings and they're, and they're going to alternate between the two rings and they don't really know where to put the fucking camera. Uh, and in this first match, I swear, it looked like I was like looking at a real live action, like fire pro wrestling match. Cause the hard cam was like aimed at like the turnbuckle for, for like the first little bit. And I think it's only in this match cause I never really noticed it again. Um, my favorite part of the match by far is Greg Valentine Goldberging himself into the corner. Uh, and that, like that was that I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, the stupidest, the stupidest freaking spot, the whole thing. So the free birds, they completely kind of ruin the psychology of the quick tagging uh, because they keep doing this quick tagging and then ar- and then right into an arm bar. Quick tag, arm bar, quick. How is this not wearing these bastards out? Like, because they do it like 10 or 15 times and like, like within about a two minute span. And it's just like, oh, this is great wrestling, JR. And, and like, this is, you know, the keeping the fresh man in. Like, there's no way you can be fresh if you're in every five seconds. Um, this match has, it's bad enough to have one hot tag during this thing, but two, like, this is a long match. How, how hot are they really? Do we really well, need two? I hate calling them that because they don't seem very hot at all. Stairway to hell, you know. <laughs> I'll bury that one too. Yeah, that's the next segment. So, so J- Jimmy Jam like goes. Let's just get to the finish. Jimmy Jam gets 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 old TT t- ready for the DDT, and <laughs> it's T T M M to you, sir. <laughs> Greg Valentine comes in, and I swear to God, it's not even a backdrop. He just clears him. He just jumps right over him. Like, pardon me? <laughs> just, and just leaps over Jimmy Jam Garvin. And Garvin just kind of motions like, yeah, yeah, back body drop. You've seen it. <laughs> like, like, it's a bullshit spot. And then and then he just drops Terry Taylor. And, and he, like, keep in mind, this whole time, he's holding Terry Taylor like for, a, for like four or five seconds. And Taylor's just standing there. And just like, are we doing this? Are you going to do it? All right, there goes Hammer. Okay, DDT, perfect. Yeah, I'll lay for that. And it's a three. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not a it's not a bad match because, I mean, clearly I got a lot of entertainment out of it. But, um, you know, I'm really longing for the days of uh, Super Crazy Tajiri and Little Guido right now because uh, <laughs> this, is the, this is the WCW's version of that. And it just never changes. Like, I, I want to see the Steiner brothers just eat the free birds. Well, <laughs> like, as we'll see later, uh, like, like, like why, why do the free birds have to keep fighting the same two fucking guys or, or, or Terry Taylor and somebody else? And God damn it. Anyway, uh, I gave this a five. Whoa. What? Whoa. That, wow. Man, after I all just... that, I mean, that, that, uh, that was set up for like a two. That was set Are up. you not entertained? <laughs> like I was, like to see Greg Valentine just getting that paycheck. I mean, like, I I get where you're coming from. Like I understand your five, like in the context of what you're saying. But it was funny, like your whole build up, and then it ends with a five. It really comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it didn't just lay there and not do anything, you know. <laughs> what do you think of this match? All right, so I think Jesse, like he can't. He inadvertently like referred to 
Terry Taylor with a better gimmick, the one they should have been doing all along, because Taylor Made is like a huge golf brand. Like he he, it would have been perfect for right. him to be a golf pro, and he calls Ooh. his move the five iron, which I'm like, that's not what it is, but <laughs> but right. But it was but, like it's man, I thought it was the five arm, not it is. the five iron, because it's right, one better right. than no, a four no, arm. Is. That's a really good call. You could take the most boring wrestler and the most boring sport, and it would just be a magnificent combination. His but, name, you, but at least yeah. it's a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I mean, like it's hilarious. Like how and and maybe I'm, I don't know how long the Taylor Made Golf brand has been around, but that would have been perfect. But anyway, um. The, the I, I swear there must have been something in the contract, or there must have been a bet somewhere that they couldn't do they, that they would do more than ten tags in the match. Is the only reason why they did it? Because it drove me nuts. And this is I, this needs to be said now because you guys have hit on it, and I think it's true. Whenever people talk about oh, I miss old school wrestling where they worked a body part. All right, more than half the time when wrestlers are working a body part, it amounts to nothing in the finish. At all. Right. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I kind of think it's bullshit. And there, there's only been, like, a few really good times where working the body part has helped do something. So, a good example is, like, if you're wrestling Stan Hansen, what body part are you going to work? The belly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm just going to straighten the balls and see what that did. Because, like, <laughs> there's no way you're getting that man down by normal means. I know, I know. But, like, <laughs> I just go for it. I'd go for his eyes. He's already blind okay. anyway. But, like, like I'd feed I, him a salad. Where I'm, what I'm getting at is his lariat. Like, he hits you with that arm. So you oh, work. Oh, you're right, you're right. You work his arm. Mm -hmm. And so, by the end of the match, if he pulls it off, you could do a kick out because then it could be like his arm is hurt. He can't do it as good as he was. He he would normally do it. So it actually it feeds the commentators. It makes it a better story. It's it means something. They work Greg Valentine's arm, and it's like I I don't think the hammers got it anymore, folks. So I don't think we really need to fear the electrifying writer left you know attack of Greg the Hammer Valentine, who really does look like I'm just here to collect three bills after the match and go to the strip <laughs> club. Body drop myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, rhythm and blues was a long time ago. Yeah, oh, wait, that, I just happened yet? Yeah, all yeah. that all that work they're doing is just nonsense. And I swear, like I I was so like. What does it mean, like, and and this maybe this kind of works with Jake as well, but it's like, how does people chanting for your move get you pumped up to get like motivated to get out of a hold? That I don't understand that motivation. Like, if Charlie's on the ground in a headlock and they start chanting Charlie, okay, or Stabile, whatever, they chant That's your name. That's me. All right, yes. that, that that logically will get you hyped up to break out of the hold. But if they start chanting like. Uh, if they start chanting Shem Creek in, Shem Creek in, that's not what. What's that gonna do? I didn't mean to out your work there, by the way. I'm so sorry. I can cut that out, but that's okay. I'm just saying, like, like when you cheer for something that's just associated with the person, like, what does that do? What is like? How does that motivate you? I don't get that. I just well, don't... especially because every wrestler has a fucking DDT. I mean, they, I think people just want the DDT. They don't care who does it to who. They'd rather do it because to themselves, you're gonna see, too. Because you're going to see 30 of them later throughout the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. and you'll even see one wrestler do it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, I'm sorry. I've gone on far too long. Um, 
I, I, it's because it's a Freebirds. I give it a two. I totally get Charlie's five. I understand it, but I just I, I didn't get that much entertainment out of it. But I could see where you could. I totally can. I and the crowd being into it is a mystery to me. Okay. Well, this is the formal war games. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the. <laughs> it's the. We can get your mimosas on the, at the intermission. <laughs> Fix them up. Jackson. Jacksonville mimosas, just like Sunkissed and Miller Lite, all mixed together. <laughs> oh, all right, so once again, Eric and Tony doing their usual just kind of banter, talking through the finish. And then we're immediately segueing into, hey, it's Johnny B. Bad and Young Pistol Tracy. You know, uh, I forget which one makes the call, if it's Eric or Tony. They're like, you know, Johnny B. Bad would be in line for a big title shot if he beats Tracy. It's like, what? What? <laughs> what? Like, what kind of nonsense is this? Like, beating Tracy Smothers is a big feather in your cap where, like, the committee's like, hey, huh, whoa, uh, have you guys been seeing what Bad's doing lately? He uh, took out Tracy Smothers. Uh, <laughs> I think he maybe do. It's like, oh, sure, sure. <clears throat> but anyway, Charlie, that leads us to our um, our next match here. It is Young Pistol Tracy from Wyoming still. I don't know if that's still the call, but he's taking on Johnny B. Bad. So uh, this is the first Jesse uh, quote I put down. Um, a man who wouldn't mind being a bridesmaid. I, I don't think he understands he the Johnny not. B. Bad character. I don't think he, I don't think, I mean, I know what he thinks it is. I never saw Johnny B. Bad that way. Um, he was just flamboyant, I guess. Uh, and that's not the only weird call Ventura will make tonight. What is up with Tracy Smothers thinking he's the fucking karate kid? <laughs> this is a, this goes back to that Jake Roberts podcast. Why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> th- like this doesn't make any sense as a character. This is like, I don't know, Yokozuna doing a somersault plancha. You know? <laughs> it makes because just it as much impressive. sense to me. Although far more implausible <laughs> because Tracy Smothers, he keeps doing these. I mean, at first they're karate kicks and then they're martial arts kicks. But really, like, I believe they're Uh-oh. nothing more than enziguris. <laughs> right, right. And he just keeps doing them. And, and it's either like an enziguri or it's a one foot drop kick. Yeah, because he can't get his feet together. But it just it just does not go with the gimmick. And and. And it's not like he he does like martial arts moves with his hands. It's just that foot. So I don't I don't like this. I don't understand why he does it. Um, I do like the name of Johnny B. Bad's uh, finishing move, the kiss that don't miss, uh, which is just a straight up you know WMD from Johnny B. Bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forget, you know, I remember the Mark Marrow, marvelous Mark Marrow gimmick and stuff. I forget that that he. He kind of had a little bit of that with Johnny B. Bad with his golden gloves thing. Um, Jesse is not a fan of the kiss don't miss, um, claiming that it's a closed fist, which he's got a great point. Uh, I really like that. But it gets the job done anyway. Um, I wasn't nearly as entertained by this. I gave this a four. Okay, Jason, what do you think? Man, I'm just like you. I'm confused. How beating Tracy Smothers puts Johnny B. Bad in line for a title shot, especially like, the light heavyweight title. Like neither one of these guys look light at all. Like no, they, but they, it's no. like, 
but also the current light heavyweight champion is a former nose tackle. So let's not what a dumb conversation on, that is. Let's not focus on that. Uh, it would be different if they said being that he is, you know, new to being a singles competitor. If Tracy Smothers beats B, Johnny B. Bad, then there's some contention because at least then it's like, oh yeah, here's this guy who's kind of moving into a new division. But uh, yeah, J.C. Ventura quotes his famous line from Predator: "I ain't got time to be PC." as he just constantly throws all sorts of horrible, horrible things about Johnny B. Bad. One of them, Charlie, I think you said that another thing he says later is uh, he goes for a roll-up on Tracy Smothers, and Smothers is like, oh, he's grabbing my tights, he's grabbing my tights, which he didn't. And they do the whole Johnny B. Bad's asking the crowd, did I grab his tights uh, thing? And the ref's like looking at the crowd like, yeah, I can trust you guys. Um <laughs> It's terrible it's, at my it's job. It's my favorite thing yeah. in wrestling is the ref looking to the crowd for help. Well, well, right. what, do you, well, well what do you think? Yeah. I mean, but what did Jesse say? Does he well, say Jesse something? Just, yes, Jesse says something. He goes, because uh, Jim Ross goes, yeah, I'd, I don't think I saw him going for the tights. He goes, well, the ref didn't see it, but maybe he just knew he felt Johnny B. Bad's hand back there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's this, but uh, I... The thing is, is what's great is both The Undertaker and Finn Balor have given Johnny B. Bad notes to kind of tighten up his entrance because it runs a little long. Uh, because it's like he goes through like two costume changes yes, on his the, way down. I had this note. I was like, Johnny B. Bad has transitional entrance attire, which is I, 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 it's new ground. I've never seen a wrestler have transitional entrance attire. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. It's just like a little weird that, you know, your transitional you're going to go this big entrance against <clears throat> young pistol Tracy Smother. Uh, and I took the S off Smothers, too, because there's only one of him. But, <laughs> yeah, Ventura is all over Johnny B. Bad's fist, like, the whole night. And yet, yet, there is a close-up shot where Johnny B. Bad, best pure striker in the business, is going <laughs> off on Tracy Smothers with body blows into the corner, right on camera. Jesse doesn't say a word about the close fist. Not one fucking word uh ventura does come back around though to admonishing him just as the finish and the prom committee loves johnny b bad getting the win i gave this a three real quick is it during this match or the one before we're like there's this awkward cut to the crowd and there's this pretty attractive lady who looks really concerned about why she's there and then it moves like down like two people to where like this Amy Klobuchar looking lady is like, yeah, I love fucking war games. <laughs> like she's like, That's I'm thinking I'm thinking yeah. some people. If you remember the 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 film from the uh, kind of mid '90s Judgment Night with Dennis Leary oh, and Emilio oh, I, I love I, it. I think some of the people in the front row got off the wrong exit on the freeway <laughs> and round up here at war games well, well car um, broke down and they were, possibly, they were giving out tickets. so possibly <laughs> and this will lead in my first note here is possibly they thought they were going to a male strip club because they're ready to pay johnny b bad which i'm like dude why don't you save your money i'm sure there's a good joint right around the memorial coliseum you can get a real dong in your face for five oh, yeah. for the five that, bucks is that the name of it is that the real name dong it? real dong in your face <laughs> i'm sure somebody's hand was back there <laughs> um tanks are us I mean, you guys have hit on the notes. You guys have hit on pretty much the, the majority of the stuff here. The only thing I'm going to say that, like, I really applauded was Johnny B. Bad finally hit the top rope sunset flip. Finally hit it. Yes! 
Yeah, um, oh, I missed that. Yeah, he find and he it's it looks beautiful, and I I don't know who to credit on it, but I'll give him the credit by default. Um, it's really the only reason I ended up giving it a four because I was like, hey, good for you, man. You you finally hit your thing. Jesse's completely right, and Jr. has no answer for the left hand being a closed fist. He has absolutely no answer for it whatsoever. Which Jr.'s typical way to get out of these awkward situations is just to move on without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. But, More of um, that to come. But the good thing is this was short. I think it was only around like seven minutes, which was perfect. This was a perfect way to, you know, it, these, I, I don't think any of these first three or four matches are really anything worthwhile for the most part. But it, it, if it's at least short, cool. You're, you're fine. So, um, oh, my rating, I gave it a four. Everyone give their ratings. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. cool. Here we go. So we go backstage, and it's Missy with the. F- we needed. We needed to give these we're guys. We're not done. Some, we're not done. This is. <laughs> I, all right. I don't know. I think the Tom Zink promo is my favorite of all time, but this is not far off. But uh, this is this is hilarious. So Missy's with the Freebirds. Now they don't say who this lady is at first. Now, diehard fans probably picked it off right off the bat because it's been a bit since I watched the shows. I was like, who is this? And why are they saying like they're the secret of their success? The problem is, new fans, if you're a new fan and this was your first show, you'd have no idea who this person is because they weren't at ringside. It's they were Thankfully, I think it's Tony or somebody picks it up later and says, yeah, that was precious for all of you at home, basically, who had no idea. But they point to her. They talk about how she you know, is a secret behind their success. Garvin... Garvin commentates their win. He, it's like he does his own replay for you to recap what you just saw. Thank God. Um, Michael P.S. Hayes is, uh, well, he's awful. Uh, I want um, the, he, he, he's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want the Coke. <laughs> it's not even I mean, Coke, this is like, it's just like This is like Joker invading the art gallery in Batman 89. <laughs> what? New King in town. Bad like, he is. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? He just walks up. There's a freak. <laughs> He's, He's in like, the arc. It's it's. Go ahead. Garvin hit my song, and it's <laughs> and it's Bad Street as he. <laughs> they walk up, and it's there's the po- there's the picture of the dogs playing poker, and right before a guy goes to town, the razor blade goes, "No, leave that one alone." <laughs> But hey, Hayes, like he goes for the cheap hometown pops, um, quoting, you know, or, or not quoting, but you know, he's talking about Ronnie Van Zandt, Leonard Skinnerd, um, which you do hear yeah, the right. crowd. This one's for Ronnie Van Zandt, yeah, who died we 14 did. years ago. I know, like it, it's like we this this win over Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine is dedicated in memory to a guitar. Yeah, he thanks you. He thanks you. Yeah, and then. Then he gives you credit for a song you didn't write. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That's okay. So yes, he... Southern rock and roll. Led Zeppelin, the the voice of the South. Robert <laughs> from Mobile, Alabama. Because <laughs> everyone knows, folks from the South love lyrics about Tolkien novels in their rock and roll. So we can go ahead and say it. We this we can go ahead and pretty much do now. Jesse eats this instantly, just like. <laughs> just buries this promo and he's i love that the line was like i don't think they understand their music they don't they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's so good red, like redneck redneck red rock, yeah. red rock. <laughs> he just 
Yeah, he and just... Jim Ross goes, they said Southern Rocky, because, yeah, that's what I said, Redneck Rocky. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing that's worthwhile mentioning here is it's the first mention of an upcoming NWA World Tag Team title tournament that's <clears throat> going to be coming up, which, I mean, Jesus, did we need another tag belt? I assume that the U.S. tag belts are probably on the way out if we're bringing in an NWA World title belt, but I we'll see. But we get the mention of it here. Um as Can I we said, talk about that that weird comment Bischoff made? <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. Bischoff Which one? Uh, makes well, he says this. I don't know like what his uh, basis for this was, but he says that the '90s are PC charged. Oh yes, this is when Catch I that. Yes, okay, because I this is where I wrote. This is where Eric Bischoff time traveled from 2019. Yeah, this is it. And yeah, because he mentions. Doesn't he mention like equality between men and women? Like, it, it just doesn't. I well, don't that's know. usually what it comes down to. But I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. It, is it? It's, go ahead, Jason. It's the it's the line he says is behind every successful man is an equally or more successful woman, and then looks into oh, the camera well, like, "Get me not... laid, ladies." <laughs> <laughs> He does the Kurt, oh, Charlie. God. He does the Kurt Russell from Big Trouble in Little China. The oh, the <clears throat> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like I, I kind of remember this thing with the '90s. Like, uh, it wasn't PC, but it was just such a weird thing to hear. And because honestly, like the one thing that popped in my head was <laughs> that part in fucking Father of the Bride. <laughs> Where Martin Short says basically the same thing, but he mispronounces his name when he says, Welcome to the 90s, Mr. Bonks. Uh, (laughs) That was like the first thing I thought of when he said that. (laughs) What a weird dig. That is so good. Good, Goodbye, my friend. (laughs) Goodbye, my friend. No, no. We're already trying out new technology that's like kick out Mr. Box. Every sound. Kick out, kick out Mr. Box. Oh, goodbye, my friend. See you next Thursday. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the one. Th- so, what I will say about Bischoff here, he actually inadvertently, because I don't know if this was intentional, because this is all just filler. He's talking about the next match, and he talks about. The you know the honeymoon period with Marcus Alexander Bagel is over with. Like he was the rookie of the year in '91, but now he's got to prove himself. And this is real. I I think this is actually really good, and it helps set up the match. And I think it feeds into the well into the finish of the next match. Um, again, I don't know if this was truly intentional, but it definitely set up something that'd be fairly interesting in this undercard. And that does lead us into our next match. It's it's pretty much gimmick versus gimmick. From the face and heel side, it's it's Marcus Alexander Bagel taking on Scotty Flamingo. All right, it's we 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 have Raven on the podcast. So, um, my first note here, I just wanted to before I really dive into the match, Jesse calls Jr. a draft dodger, and Jr. quickly moves on. <laughs> yeah, I was in high school. Oh, that's how you dodged the draft. You went in high school and pretended you were a younger age. Like, whoa. Jesus. Um, At least he didn't shit his pants. <laughs> well, I Again, more guys that are talked about being these legit light heavyweights, and I'm like, they, that, 
Bagel looks huge compared to Brian Pillman. Right. I don't see it. I, I agree. <clears throat> but anyway, but the match itself, like, I give them credit for this. They tried to do something different to start off with. Like, those the slap exchanges, I was like, okay. I mean, it's usually bullshit in a match. Like, but... I at least liked it because I was like, okay, you're doing something a little bit different than the previous two matches, and I get it, you're the pretty boy face, pretty boy heel, you know, going toe-to-toe with each other. I like that Ventura kind of, like, leans into it a little bit as well, but very quickly, like, after, like, this pretty hot start, this match fades quickly. Like, it's, I don't know if it's they're running out of gas, or what, or if it's one of them, or both, but this thing just kind of slows down to a, a screeching halt. And the finish kind of caught me off guard. I thought it was cool to see Flamingo pick up the win with the roll-up holding the tights after, I guess, what was the name of Bagel's finisher? Was the golden boy? Was the golden child? The golden... No, it was yellow, yellow, yellow jacket. The yellow jacket. That's it. I like that. The yellow jacket. But the golden child. <laughs> That's much better. I, I, I want the match, please. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, <laughs> There's a oh we should mention there's another judge, quote unquote judgment call in the match, you know thank God we still have judgment calls that Jr calls out well that's that's a judgment call by the referee uh I don't know about that oh one. the over the top rope yes, thing yes yes yeah I, I don't even write it anymore I'm just like you know what sometimes it's a rule sometimes it's not <laughs> um, you've seen it but what I liked about what I liked about the I'm saying, all right, so I'm going to say what I liked about the finish. I'm not saying this is outstanding. But what I liked about it was it's like, okay, yeah, Bagwell gets gets tricked out in the end here, and it ties back into what Bischoff said. It's like he's under a lot of pressure to deliver, you know, in 92 based off of how he did in 91. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. The match isn't that great, though. I still only gave the match a four. Like, I don't think it's that spectacular. But um, it does make me curious about where, you know, what, what they do with Scotty Flamingo and – I mean, I, I'm putting way too much emphasis on this, but it'd be interesting to see if the, if something comes of how or something comes of this loss for Bagel and how they actually deal with it. So that's where I'm at with it. Jason, what'd you think? Three. Okay, very nice, oh, Charlie. Sorry, oh, it's sorry. a Bagel, match, but it's, a, <laughs> uh, it's, it's no, it's because I mean, like almost beat for beat, you and I have the exact same notes on this match. The only difference is I have is. Is Jesse calling out why do why do wrestlers ask the fans if they should do a move? A what great. are they going to do if the fans say don't do it? It's a great call. This is exactly <laughs> something that I that I have said before. And right, yeah, that was such a good call because it was like, yeah, what if they say no? Well, well, shit. <laughs> right. Well, I guess I guess you don't want your DDT and ice cream, do you? Uh, no, but. But I know that's it. Like it's it's all that other than my just quote the flamingo nevermore. I mean, we're just <laughs> a three. I mean, that's pretty good. I, I love that. That is awesome. What the flamingo? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Well done, sir. All right. What'd you give it, Jason? You gave it a three? I gave it a three. Yes. Wow. Well done. Any matches, all rated three. <laughs> yes. One oh, day. No, I... One day. You'll see. One day. I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the best. All right. Charlie, what'd you think of this one? I think you guys would be a little too hard on this stuff. <clears throat> now, granted. Here it comes. I only have two notes, 
but I did enjoy this match. I gave it a six. Wow. I feel like you're ribbing us. I'm not. I'm really not. I actually I really need, enjoy, I I really enjoyed to, this. I need you to have your Skype mess up again so it auto defaults to video, and I need you to show us the six. <laughs> show us the evidence. You can grab it later. I'm serious. Like I, I, I didn't really hate anything about it. I actually liked the finish. You got <laughs> Flamingo. I hate calling him that, but I mean, he held the tights, and it was. I thought it was effective, and I honestly couldn't tell you any other fucking thing from the match that I remember. But uh, I mean, I must have liked it because, um, or at least <laughs> now he's it. doubting himself. He's doubting well, his own. Well, notes. well, it is a little weird that. I literally have slap fight as the first note, and then the second note is that quote that Jesse said, and then that's it. And and <clears throat> six out of ten. Um, um, oh, sorry, sorry. I was just saying, like, uh, I think it's more that I can't think of anything about it that I didn't like. Although, of course, like, so what was the yellow jacket, right? Yeah. So this is the kind of shit that um, I mean, maybe it makes sense because he's a new wrestler, but it always just kind of bothered me whenever a wrestler does one of these moves and they're right next to the ropes yeah you know it's like you could easily just pivot and then you'd have him right in the middle of the ring right. we do it in the in the old no mercy games all the time you know so it like that kind of gets on my nerves but he's new right uh but but he's also a superstar of the or, or rookie of the year or whatever which is funny because he does kind of look like thomas ian nichols from a certain perspective <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, what always makes me laugh is, like, in a comment section, somebody states something, somebody counters with it, and the other person's like, no, it's not. And the other person's like, yeah, it is. He's like, I, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me the oh. link. I oh. want to see the link. Like, it becomes like a courtroom scene in a movie where, like, we have to provide evidence for our opinions. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Dude, fa- Facebook lawyers are my favorite. <laughs> oh, they got their ooh. law degree from Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. There. Like no, and it's usually oh, oh it gets better. There's one there's one you left out. Um, when they say show me the evidence, and then somebody actually like tries to entertain this, and they show the evidence, and and then they go, oh no 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 no, this was this was after he 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 got into office. Show me something from the nineties. <laughs> no, and it's like you know, usually it's like, like it's like salon.com or something like you know what I mean like yeah it's, it's... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's yeah. not like a real. Oh, it's a like... reputable source. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. I... Buzzfeed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I, again, not to get sidetracked, but that just made me think of when people are so demanding. Like, they're, like, they're doing a, like, it's a subpoena and they're, and they're being, like, questioned under oath about their opinion. It's like, whoa, whoa, man. All right. That's why I buried that one guy. I, I think you, you texted me about it when I was like. When he, did, he he like challenged me on something, and I was like, "Dude, you're gonna die alone. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta go for the gut. <laughs> you're gonna be buried with all your worthless comics. <laughs> Some kind of trailer park pharaoh. I think about that that incident sometimes. <laughs> I reflect on that from uh, time to time. I do reflect on it. If I had a beard, I'd stroke it. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, gross. Oh, yeah. All my right. hands. My, my hands. <laughs> we, get a, we get our Beach Blast promo that feels so 90s. It's so joyous to watch this Beach Blast promo because it really does like feel so dated perfectly. Um, 
I actually love the logo. Like it's. A, oh, yeah. I didn't notice it until the second uh, time they promoted it. But the wave is actually like a muscle or like an arm flexing. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, well done. I really yeah. liked it. Um, and they you... use the term beachin', which is amazing. <laughs> I also like the the fact that they're using Jaws 2's original teaser trailer as the uh, <laughs> as the, as the basis. Yeah. For for the promo. <laughs> JR and Jesse talk through JYD and Ron Simmons forming a tag team match for their match um, in this upcoming bout against Cactus and Mr. Hughes uh, based on so it's based on the events of Super Bowl where we joked about like <laughs> Usher uh, Usher Junkyard Dog comes out of the crowd to save Ron Simmons it's the pop of the night when he enters and just starts headbutting everybody what threw me off it was like why isn't this Cactus and Abdullah but maybe there was a problem getting Abdullah for this show but regardless it sets up our next match it's cactus jack and his bodyguard mr hughes taking on the electrifying combination of ron simmons and the junkyard dog so uh jason we're back up top with you bud that's right we got the uh, electrifying combination of junkyard doom i think charlie just realized what his next match is (laughs) yeah i did I thought that's, there's that's no way you're. you're... Oh, dude. I was like, well, where does that leave me? Ah, oh, shit, <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's right. I've better, better you this. than me, bud. I've missed uh, this so much. So, so <laughs> Cactus Jack becomes the first ever wrestler to go. You know, I'm going to sneak attack my opponent, but I came out first. I'm just going to go to the back, the other way. And the best part is Gary Michael Capetta, when he realizes that Cactus Jack is attacking uh, Junkyard, I think it's Junkyard Dog, I don't know which one it is, uh, just because I'm laughing so hard at it. It's just, from Warner Robins, Georgia, 278 pounds, the all American oh! It's like mid <laughs> Like, I like it because it's like he recognizes something's up, and so... Uh, it's just, but this, I don't like that, that the way that Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura change how they refer to people and their shorthand during it because Jim Ross keeps saying the junkyard dog is, and JY, JY, is it like, is his name JY dog? I mean, you call him the dog, you call it JYD, not short enough. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know. And they make out like that this ramp is made out of animantium or some shit. That it just shattered Junkyard Dog's ribs uh, when Cactus Jack threw him into it. And they at least point out how fucking insane Cactus Jack is to jump off like five feet onto concrete with no pads and land onto something. So they do give him some kind of credit. Uh, so the the mat, the the promo, while we're still trying to figure out what's going to go on with Cactus Jack, just like right up on him going, I'm proud. I'm very proud. Just like cracked me the fuck up. Because it's in between his loud screeching uh, for Ron Simmons, which I'm not going to do that screech. Thank uh, you. Right, right. Uh, they do a good job, though, of making <clears throat> Ron Simmons feel like a big deal again because it always feels like they, like he's built up for like a show and then like he dwindles down and then like it's time to start building Ron up. Because uh, when he like just knocks down two dudes the size of Cactus Jack and Mr. Hughes, uh, just, it, it, but you know. Then Jesse Ventura, which I gave him some shit, does come to our aid with making fun of Jim Ross's constant football references by going, 
where did Cactus Jack play defensive line? Which I think is an awesome joke. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then Jesse doubles down on this because he starts bad-mouthing the Boomer Sooners and Bill Watts. <laughs> and the, he did. Jim Ross just sits there because he said, because Jesse's <clears throat> asking, why is this still a match? Or, or why is it still, why is it not a, a handicap match or a two-on-one tag or whatever? And who says it's a match? And he keeps going, who? Who? And Jim Ross just goes, the chief of officials. And I was so hoping Jesse Ventura would go, well, who's that? <laughs> just, <laughs> but he doesn't. I think Jim Ross just shoots him a look to like, hey, man, cut it out. Uh, but it's neat that Ron Simmons is hes such a powerful, powerful man that he can knock you out by hitting you in the knee. Because uh, he goes for that three-point stance on Mr. Hughes. Cracks him right across the kneecap. Mr. Hughes is down for the count, but I gave this thing a four. Okay. All right, Charlie, what'd you think, man? Uh, well, <clears throat> you said four, Jason. I said four. Okay. <clears throat> I was really excited uh, at first, and I tell you, Cactus Jack's a wily one, isn't he? <laughs> the way he just disappears and comes back, and it just surprises everybody. And yeah, like to see Junkyard Dog get taken out like that. I mean, really, like if this was like during the match, would this have been a three count? Like, I mean, yeah, it is dangerous that Cactus Jack. That's one thing that always kills me when they like for some reason, a lot of moves that we might think are impactful, but but not like career threatening. A lot of these basic moves are way more powerful before the bell rings or after the bell rings. You know, it's it's yeah. it's like I, like some guy will get taken out by a chair if he's coming to the ring, and it's like, well, what if, if he got hit with the chair while the match was going on? I'm sure he'd be fine, but there's just something about before the bell rings that a, a move like an elbow drop is just oh, that's that's cancer, basically, and <laughs> <laughs> like like it, I just think it's dumb. You know, it, I mean, there's got to be a better way. Sounds like somebody's got a warrior award coming. <laughs> oh, man, don't. Uh... We, we've got some bad news. All I'll save of elbow drops. Just give you the cancer. Yeah, I'll I'll save my real elbow drop for after we get off the air, because uh, <laughs> it'll be pretty impactful on that topic. But anyway, I just was I felt just kind of cheated, <laughs> like not seeing junkyard dog. Um, you're like okay, so. Cactus Jack, you know, I'm getting a little tired of him. I'm getting a little tired of Mick Foley in general. Uh, after he gets back up on the ramp, um, this is literally how it looked to me. Ron Simmons runs up to Cactus Jack, and then Cactus Jack takes one step and back body drops himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know. I just, I just had to recall it, and I know you're talking about. <laughs> Jack doesn't run to Ron Simmons and gets backdrop. Ron Simmons runs to him, and then Jack just takes one step forward and fuck it, and just back body drops himself. And I'm like, I get it. You're an idiot. Like you just like it, it's so weird because when I was a kid, I loved Mick Foley. Like, I loved him. And I remember reading his book and that quote that Ric Flair had in there about his time in WCW where he called him the glorified stuntman. And I remember just thinking that was so disrespectful and Ric Flair was a prick for saying that. 
I honestly, like, I still love McFoley, but now I'm not so sure because some of these moves are just, they don't mean anything. Like, if you back body drop Cactus Jack onto the, onto the ring, uh, onto the ramp, he's just going to get right back up and, and it's not going to, like, get you, like, like over. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to do anything. I don't understand the purpose of it. Um, <clears throat> Jesse Ventura, and there was basically at this point where I was like, I'm done. And Jesse Ventura basically spoke for me. He had a great quote. Hey, you know what? Ring the bell. Count him out. Let's get on with the next match. Oh, it was perfect. It was a great call. <laughs> it was it was a great call because I was like, this match is fucking done. And then the match that I would have preferred, which is, um, you know, it was like, well, maybe this will just turn into a one-on-one match. Well, we're going to give you Ron Simmons and the guy that you really don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Hughes. You know, I was like, ah, God damn it. And Jesse Ventura, as much as I love that quote, about just getting on with the next match. Uh, I, I really don't like what he does here. He completely loses his mind over why this isn't a handicap match. And and at first he makes a lot of sense. He's like, well, whose call is that? That's not the contract they sign and blah, blah, blah. But he kind of like drags it on just for a little too long. It's like, let's just move on. A referee's made up his mind, and for some reason, the absolutely maniacally insane Cactus Jack is okay with it. Yeah. yeah you know I mean, how that's kind of well, like weird? Tie, he does try to tag in, and the ref And then the ref no. goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so, and, and Jack's like, you know what? You're right. You got me. You, you got, got me. I, I've been breaking too many rules. I, I just, like... This is kind of stupid shit, and I'm so glad that, Jason, you did not repeat the uh, noises that he makes. I think Foley goes over the top yeah. with – with this is almost mankind without the mask, um, with those stupid sounds that he makes, and uh, just oh, – I'm just getting tired of it, that's all. Um, what was this? Okay, so – okay, let's end it here. The three-point stance. Which Jesse Ventura once again loses his mind over <laughs> that that this is illegal and he was trying to take him out. I mean, I love Ron Simmons. Don't get me wrong, he didn't even touch him. Oh yeah, and a chop he block comes, is is not illegal in wrestling. It's not. <laughs> what? Well, right. Ric Flair <laughs> well, does on, it all the time. <laughs> like, I can I can kind of see Jesse Ventura's point if he's going for his knee. Like, if he's actually aiming at his knee, then maybe that's one thing. But here's a problem. No contact was made. Like, it was very obviously uh, a revealing the business moment. And uh, and it shouldn't have been harped on. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I gave. No, no, I can't. I must have been high. Uh, Were you? Uh, no, I. This is not a five. This is a three. Oh, I had this at a five. <laughs> this is a three now. <clears throat> Um, I feel bad for Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack here because it just feels like they it's like they're just kind of spinning like in their own orbit that's not really moving anywhere like they mm-hmm. both they both should be in either semi-main or main event matches and we know that's coming but it just feels like over the last few months since Sting got back into the world title picture that Ron Simmons has just been floundering around with these types of matches and you're absolutely right this is this should have been cactus and ron at least the two of them even though we've seen it it that that would have been a little bit better to see i feel so bad we didn't get to see junkyard because i was so pumped after his super brawl yeah thing. me too man i thought it was actually pretty good and it was disappointing 
because I just thought, you know, I just thought that, like you guys said, it was a better match. I, Mr. Hughes is just best flanking somebody else, literally being their bodyguard, and that's it. Like, him wrestling just sometimes is just not great. And we saw that. Remember, we had the Steiners versus him and Vader, and it sucked. It was not good. Mm-hmm. It should have been, but it wasn't. But, um, but yeah, I... Cause it ended up being like the the second like the I went through the things in my head that would have been the worst. Well, the worst would have been a handicap match because I hate them. I don't, I've never liked handicap matches because there's only one real way it's going to end, and that's with a miraculous victory by the person who is handicapped in the match by not having the extra person. They're going to win, and then it was like, oh well, maybe okay, well maybe it'll be cactus. Like no, you literally gave us exactly what you guys said. Like the like the worst the the worst worker of the three gets to wrestle in here. I'm like, ah oh, man, god dang. So, I I really don't have a lot of I, I, yeah I I don't really have anything you guys have said. Although they do say we're gonna get an update on Junkyard Dog, I'm pretty sure we get no update on how he's doing. No, we still he's don't know still to this day. There. <laughs> he's uh, he's still in a Jacksonville <clears throat> waiting room. Yeah. Um, no love for the dog. How did Ron do? <laughs> I think I still I, I I my rating for this I feel like is too high. I gave this a four, but you know, that's fine. I can, uh, that's respectable. Tony and Eric recap the last match again. They uh, they start <laughs> this this next line is hilarious. I'm gonna read it out loud anyway. I'm not gonna change it. Hype for Super Invader versus Todd Champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Bet you are. All right, Charlie. Sure. So, so real quick, do we got do you guys know if so? If all right, there's a there's the, the guns to your head and your life's on the line. Do you know who Super Invader is? I was trying to figure it out. Life, um, life or death, Charlie. Who is it? Life or death. Who is it? Give me. Can I have? Can I? Can you give me a clue? <clears throat> Um, his previous ring name is a cross between a, uh, <laughs> it's a cross between a Greek god and a last name of Janet Lard's <laughs> manager. Oh, dude, is this, that's Hercules? You survived, sir. Is it, is it, is it Hercules? Oh, yes. oh no. I couldn't. I couldn't make that body type out. I was like, "That's a weird looking body." <laughs> That's Hercules. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accompanied by He's Harley Hercules Race from Bangkok. Yeah, it's, I thought mm. I thought he was in the WWF for like twelve years nonstop. I never, mm. like, I never knew he went to WCW. I mean, I I doubt this lasts long because, as you're probably about to tell us, uh, it's not very good. <laughs> Not much of an invader. <laughs> no, no, no. It was we we or withstood. Super. With, or super. This would be like if Red Dawn ended in the credits, in the opening credits. Like that's. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you know, what? Yeah, we won't bore you with the details. So it's, it would have been like, all right. So the the Russians or whoever come down, and all the kids in school have like machine guns, and they just gun them all down. It's like, all right, back to school. <laughs> The only so way to stop a bad Russian with a gun is a good <laughs> Russian with a gun. <laughs> okay, so um, I mean, was was Todd Champion's tag team career so successful that they just thought we got to get him in the singles competition? 
Um, because what was it, Firebreaker Chip or what? Yeah, that, that is. I can't name. believe I remember that name. Um, so Harley Race comes out because basically Super Invader looks like a mini Vader. That's pretty much what he looks like to me. Mini Vader. Um, That's a better name for it. Mini Vader. <laughs> to fight mill masters <laughs> he does a he does a vader bomb from the first rope versus <laughs> yeah well, i mean they all write themselves <laughs> yeah that's a vader m80 if it's from the bottom <laughs> the vader bomb from the first rope that's a two count if i've ever heard it <laughs> anyway i have literally one note just one and it's and, and now that I read it, it's the only thing I remember about this match. Uh, the note reads, "The rest spot from hell." <laughs> there was a really long, and not just one, multiple rest spots where uh, it's like these two guys just met each other and did not talk anything over in the back. How you doing? First name Super, last name Invader. <laughs> <Andrew. laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, George uh, Costanza meeting George Steinbrenner. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, yeah, just skip it. I gave this a two. All right, Jason, what'd you think? This match looks like creator wrestlers gone wrong. I mean, because it's, it's like someone just picked like, oh my god, I've worked so hard to get the special looking outfits, and they're crap. Because Todd Champion, is he an Olympian or a soldier? Yes. Because he's got so, like this white denim. Exactly. I know you nailed it. That and and I just wanted to quickly try. He, he goes from citizen soldier to like like <laughs> Olympic hopeful. <laughs> I don't Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. That's and then Jesse Ventura even gets better as he goes, he looks like he's captain of the love boat. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> yeah. like, he just buries him. Because it's the white denim outfit, and then you got the super invader. Who's just like a black unitard with a red wool mask, and someone took what they thought was a Taiwanese flag and rolled it up and tied it around his head. <laughs> but he did have an awesome-looking gloved hand, and he kept making sure to flex that gloved hand. And you're thinking, my God, what's this going to be? Is it going to be some kind of cool claw or some devastating chop? Nope. We never see the gloved hand in action. It's just there to be there. Um but this was the first match that I noticed that they're not swapping rings, that they just cut that out for some reason, uh, because it's all been in the same one for the last few matches. Uh, Jesse Ventura goes on a tirade about wrestlers in masks, about why it's stupid to wear a mask, and that you must be ugly if you're wearing a mask. Uh, and it's 1992, and Jesse Ventura's reference for handsome is Gregory Peck which I thought was amazing. Uh, uh, and then speaking of handsome, we cut to Harley Race, whose hair looks like a pack of uncooked ramen noodles, uh, just sitting there. And Harley Race as a manager is great, but he can you can tell when he knows he's saddled with some piece of shit because he just doesn't give a crap. Uh, Jesse continues to go on his tirade about masks, including saying this lovely gym, I've known of, I've known a few women or two who yes. should have wore masks at Whoa. certain times. You know what I'm talking about. To which Jim Ross's retort is two seconds of silence with, so what's the situation with Beach Blast? 
Yeah, because, all right, real quick, you're, I didn't touch on it, but Jesse's teasing something about measurements, and we know this is going to be a lame payoff, but it's like chest measurements, and it's like, it feels like it's it should be something really uh, provocative. It's probably not, but anyway. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Champ Todd Champion decides to break a fall to the outside by hitting his face on the security railing. This is the best sound in the entire show. This I spit to I did a spit take in my office when I watched this this bit because the sound it makes is right out of the fuck. Yeah, it's not good. It's, 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 is he like a Terminator beneath there? Because it's like metal and disappointment and shame at the same time. It's bad. Um, then we get the finish, which is a pretty awesome looking power bomb, but still nothing with that gloved hand. I gave this thing a two. I, I think. Well, this... well, okay. I got it. Oh, okay. I've got it. Small car Vader. <laughs> oh. I like it. Or compact Van Vader. Yes. Compact yeah. Vader. Yeah. There you go. Compact uh, Prius Vader. Sedan I'm Vader. Station, he's station wagon Vader. Sedan Vader, yeah. Sedan Vader. Well, you know, all right. While we're on this topic of renaming, I think it's pretty much time. It, Todd Champion needs to be retired. He pretty much should be coming out as Todd Contender because there's nothing champion. <laughs> there's nothing champion. Todd there's no. There's nothing. No, he's Todd Participant. I don't think we've seen him win a singles match yet. Yeah, I don't know if he's in contention. Todd, <laughs> on the way to the ring, Todd Participant. This match does something I have never seen before. I have never seen two guys go for the test of strength and try to kick each other at the same time. I have never seen that happen. But both of them have the same idea, like, oh, I know I'm going to get out of this one. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Where are you a healer or am I? Fuck it, it. It felt like that at that moment, the space-time continuum was about to just come unraveled because they both tried to kick each other at the same time. And that life was about to glitch out because that thing, I was like, whoa, what happens here? It, 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 it reminds me later with a Z-Man spot. But anyway, I, uh, yeah, there's... There is literally nothing else I can add to what you guys said. Like I, I think I topped out at a three here. Super Invader, as much as they want to make him feel like he's Big Van Vader, he is not. And this is one of the most boring squashes that you know we could have we could have had on this show. Nice, nice of them to tuck this right in here after uh, those first few matches that we had. Um, Jason, what did you give it again? A two. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, Jesse and uh, Jr. and Jesse speculate about Sting's injured ribs for the main event, so that's still a thing. Uh, spoiler alert: It's I don't think it's really a thing at all <laughs> in that match, but we'll get yeah, there. No one told Sting. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one like his Sting's ribs are like, oh no no, we're not going to betray him. We're good. We're actually good. No betrayal. <laughs> no betrayal. We didn't even wrap him. We didn't no. even wrap him in tape. No, it was great. So, Not only are they fighting, I mean, what he ends up doing with the cage, I was like, that guy's agile for injured ribs. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, yeah, exactly, man. He just popped a couple Percocets, and he was good to go. Woo! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, all right, so up next. All right, so I don't, I, I, no, I guess maybe I did come out a little bit ahead, because I know as much as you groaned about Super Invader and Todd Contender, uh, Rich... <laughs> Richard Morton versus Big Josh is definitely uh, 
This is no dream match by any means. So, dream match. Somebody's dream. <laughs> that dude at the next crown jewel. Um, <laughs> there is a wrestler that was supposed to be in the Richard Morton place who is not here tonight. More on that later. Um, okay. Richard Morton still hanging on to the York Foundation gimmick, but not dressing like it. Still hanging on to Richard Morton. <laughs> it's great. Um, uh, this one, like, I, the one thing I was thinking throughout it is that, uh, first of all, the Jesse commentary on Big Josh is fantastic. Um, I will probably leave it's that to you. pretty funny. I'll leave that to you guys <laughs> to kind of fill in with because it's some really good stuff having to do with, like, how he smells and his clothes and everything. But um, Ricky Morton, and I'm sorry, Richard Morton, his, his, his bumping in this match is really great. Like, he does a lot to try and help make josh look pretty good and thing is it's not like big josh just look bad it's just kind of a a stale character he's really built around like two or three signature moves and that's it but i will say man he turns on the potato gun and just starts going after morton by like midway to the end of this thing i mean he takes his ass right out of the potato field and it's like guess what left hand left hand left hand eat it eat it eat it done um he ends up winning this with a northern exposure except poor fonzie Really goofed up on the finish here. <laughs> and the replay does not help clear his case from salon.com. <laughs> the evidence does not help him. Show me! Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, another, like, you know, kind of what a, you know, whatever kind of undercard match here. Like I said, uh, uh, Josh comes away with the win. We won't, I don't think, I, I'm pretty sure Josh is about to go to clown school soon, so I don't know how much longer we're going to see him. <laughs> Um, but I still end up, I still end up giving, man, now I'm looking at this rating. I'm like, I don't know if this fits, but I gave it a five. Um, okay. I, oh yeah. By the way, real quick, I'm not sure working the right arm of a guy who is clearly left-handed is, uh, effective. You know, I'm just saying <laughs> like Richard Morton's ideas. Like, hey, man, I'm just going to work this. Well, I guess it's Richard Taker, Richard Taker, <laughs> Richard Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, man, maybe oh, I'll work man. his I'll work his right arm and I'll throw him off balance. Doesn't work. Hey, man. <laughs> All right. What, what season of our podcast are we going to cover the Rock and Roll Express's WrestleMania? See, th this is Jesus. what happens. This is what happens when two guys try to kick each other in a test of strength. It glitches the season. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this. <laughs> It's like so what happened when Cap Cap doesn't come back? <laughs> Richard Morton's the new taker. <laughs> Richard Morton's undefeated. I think this you about your wife. You. I think this hat belongs to you. No, no, I don't think it does. <laughs> no. Can I ask you about your wife? So, so no. <laughs> Richard Richard Morton wakes up after the power outage and realizes that the Undertaker doesn't exist in the world, but he knows about him, and so he try, he becomes the Undertaker. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is this, is this that Beatles movie? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> he Google's Undertaker Dude, I'm and. <laughs> Wait. This is awesome. That's, a, that's actually a really great idea. You mean? Did you did you make that finishing move for me? Yes, yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. 
Hell's Gate. So, from, from Richard yeah, Warren. The, the, the name of the movie is TCB. Take her care of business. Dude, okay, and you gotta... Oh, man. It's just... A, oh, God, because they, they, they mimic the Abbey Road poster, so you gotta mimic some iconic image of Undertaker. <laughs> like, it's Richard like Warren mimic- doing... He's, he's kneeling in the middle of the ring with his hand out. <laughs> okay, so that's one, like... Like mankind's through the table, and Richard Morton's just standing on top of the cell. WWE reimagined. Richard Morton invades WCW to fight Sting. I got it. I got it. Remember when Yokozuna killed him and he showed up on the Titan Tron? It's Richard Morton. (laughs) Does that make Robert Gibson Kane? (laughs) Well, he's already got the one fucked up eye, so it would work. Robert Gibson. He rips the door off the cell. <laughs> that's that's got to be that's got to be Robert Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> What's Robert Kane doing here? Bob Kane. Wait, Bob Kane. He, it's it's he created Batman too. Batman doesn't exist Robert in this world. Robert Gibson. Robert Gibson just tombstone Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Gibson becomes the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> Robert Gibson has a thirty like inch dick in Casino Evil's like deleted oh, yeah. scenes. <laughs> oh my god, what? Oh. Well, then... No. Ooh. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. why he's got that fucked up that's why he's got that fucked up eye. It just comes out of there. Dude, Robert Gibson cannot take a stunner. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> wubba wubba! <laughs> Richard Morton reinvents the himself Gibson, as a redneck biker. The Robert Gibson Lita wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Robert Gibson is Jerry Lawler's dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Morton just holding a camera for hood. Let me hear it one time. Still the best. <laughs> Richard Morton retired Sean Michaels. <laughs> Richard Morton fucking putting Stone Cold on that Undertaker symbol to crucify him. <laughs> Richard Morton loses to Roman Reigns, cuts off his hair, and leaves it in the ring. <laughs> Oh man! Goodbye, my friend. So, where to, Stephanie? Where to? (laughs) Plays a little southern, puts a little southern rock, aka Led Zeppelin, on the radio. (laughs) You like Almond Brothers? Nothing right. cooler than hearing Robert that Plant was... sing "Sweet Home Alabama." <laughs> that was fantastic. That's that's one for the. Oh wait, one more. One Richard more. Morton is in Suburban Commando. <laughs> <laughs> You're <a> dead man, Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And then he does a Canadian Destroyer. It's all. It's all, <laughs> <laughs> all right. My my favorite thing of this whole bit. Is it he's still Richard Morton? <laughs> so, so 
So we have to give the man props because he knows what he's doing, apparently, by keeping the name Richard. Well, we've seen him change gimmicks, and nothing really changes other than his name. So, just thank Dick Morton, how you doing? Dirty Dick Morton. The, the cutting of the hair is brilliant. Just <laughs> so Ricky Morton. Finally does so, it. so Richard Morton and, and Triple H had an end of an era cell match at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my god! Shawn Michaels looked really upset when he super kicked Richard Morton and he didn't get the pin. <laughs> Man, Richard Morton just kills Ric Flair's kid. <laughs> Blood's on you, Rick. Blood's on you. <laughs> Richard Morton's teaming with Roman Reigns tonight against Shaman Man and Drew <laughs> Richard Morton nearly killed Goldberg with a tombstone. Yes. <laughs> Richard Which Morton is probably how it would go. Richard Morton invades Paul Bear's home and throws a couch at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, right. well, Punk, you're not going to be in the main event of WrestleMania this year, but good news, <laughs> you're getting the Richard Morton match. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Punk, like, he hears Richard Morton's music go, and he goes, yeah! <laughs> Brock Lesnar was the one in the 2011 <laughs> And he's Paul Heyman. Oh my God! <laughs> Richard Morton. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> oh, the great. Will, I'm sorry. There's so many peaks. I know. So I know. Undertaker has a lot of career highlights. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. My God! Wait, Charlie. Who are Robert's you alive. About? I've, never, I've, never heard, I've never heard of the Undertaker. Oh my God! By the newest, the newest WWE home video release, Richard Morton: A Decade of Destruction. <laughs> oh man. All right, so okay. man, it's gonna be hard to continue, <laughs> but here we go. Never Where realize. are we? All right, Tony and Eric. Here comes this. Oh no, are we all? Did we all give our ratings? I'm sorry. No, I don't think any of us did. Oh Jesus! Okay, I ended up giving. I'm so sorry. I ended up giving this. I I overrated this. I'm sorry. I gave it a five. I'm sorry. No, I think it deserves a 10. As if it just sent us on that tirade, it truly deserves a 10. Uh, <laughs> trying to compose myself. <laughs> Who's next? I think it's me. Okay. And the sad, sad thing is I've got a pretty solid joke, but I don't think it's going to do anything after that. But, uh, <laughs> so... <clears throat> I'm going to try. So Jesse's all over Big Josh's attire. And when uh, Richard Morton tears that shirt and it's just half hanging, half still tucked in, Big Josh with his torn flannel 
and his denim jeans. He looks like he's about five years away from being part of Scotty Flamingo's Pat, which which is the, how you call a group of flamingos. Is it called a Pat? I looked it up. <laughs> flamingos Pat? Is that what we're going with? Yeah, instead of instead of Raven's flock. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. They make uh, they make a point to say that all ten of all ten men in the main event are sitting and watching this match right now. I'm sure, I am sure that you're going to be involved in a bloodbath. You want to take the time to watch Richard Morton. True, he is a legend apparently. <laughs> and, and Big Josh, <laughs> and Big Josh uh, on this. Two count gets the win, so I gave this match a two. <laughs> Charlie, what'd you think of this man? Oh, I loved it. Um, <laughs> no, like, like I actually did have an oh shit moment. Um, I think, I think Morton. I don't know. <laughs> I think Morton maybe he owes Big Josh some money because I usually think that log roll move is kind of dumb, but it looks fucking painful here. <laughs> Yeah. No, like you're, he stomps no, I, the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say he stomps the shit out of him. And I mean it's just it just it looks awful. Um so yeah, I mean you guys basically covered it all. He hits the uh, the nor- the northern exposure. And I love when WCW does this shit, uh where they will replay the the botched finish from the exact same angle. Like like did he really not count the three? Yep, that's what I thought I saw. He never counted the three. And Jesse Ventura tries to cover for it. Oh, it was a two. Wait. It's a three. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, though, Will. Uh, I actually I gave this a five as well. I did enjoy it. I just was imagining now. I hope this doesn't go off too far, but I just was thinking of if. Oh, if, no. if What is it? What's the what's the group of flamingos called again? A pan? A pat. A, a pat. pat, P-A-T. So if flamingos a pat, pat, pat of flamingos. So if flamingos pat is Raven's flock is the is the opposite of Raven's flock. Like so, you have like instead of sick boy, you've got well boy. He's coming out like they're all pristine looking, <laughs> like in their suits. They look like the biggest douchebags that like are just so obnoxious. Like they're the, they're so, the... <laughs> instead of Reese, is it like Snickers? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. No, Charlie. It's a Toblerone. It's a Toblerone. It's Toblerone. <laughs> He's putting him in the Charleston chew. Oh, look who it is. It's Perry <laughs> Jupiter. He's come out to play. That's right. That's right. The king of the gods. It's, it's Billy Old Man. <laughs> no, it's William Man Man. Remember? William Man Man. Oh, right, right. Oh, William Man Boy. Well, man. Man kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too easy. <laughs> and, and it's literally just idle. <laughs> uh, everyone remembers when Scotty Flamingo attacked DDP on the set of Total Requests Live. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's Roddy Skiggs. <laughs> Ooh, gross. That's pretty nasty. Heads up, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Another good bit. (laughs) 
So what was what was uh Raven's dude? I can't remember his name, but he wound up being the leader of the B. I'm blanking the BWO, and then the right to censor. What did he go? What Stevie was Richards. Name? Yes, Stephen Richards. Yes, of course. I was about to say because I was just running through the stable from Revenge. I and, and yeah, Richards is not in that in that video game, but yeah, he was in the uh, in the flock, I believe. Yeah, he was the he was the first. <laughs> oh, was Stephen Richards? First of his name, loyal to Scotty Flamingo's pet. It's great. All right. Solid. So up next is probably my favorite part of the show because I really love watching the old promos and breaking down like what the thought process was behind them. Because now up next, doozy. up next is a it, it is a it's a cool match and it'll be it's gonna be really fun for Jason to go through it. But to set up Brian Pillman defending his light heavyweight title against Tom Zink, the Z-Man, um, we should we get this promo from WWE Saturday Night. Like this is a, a quick build, but it's really effective. It's the two former they were both tag team partners. I think we've seen maybe one or two matches on this season with them together. So we get this footage where the Z-Man is just off the rails, angry and upset that Scotty the Flamingo <laughs> which is already, it's off to a good start when he messes up the gimmick and refers to him as Scotty the Flamingo and JT Southern, which I was like <laughs> these two guys jumped you like, I mean, like it, you make it sound like, like the Road Warriors jumped you, but it's JT Southern and Scotty the Flamingo is who we're talking about here, who have jumped the Z-Man, and he says he just immediately jumps to, well, you know what? I'll defend the title against both of them. And then the camera zooms out because Flying Brian is standing right next to him. And he inquires. He's like, what was that? Wait a second. Um, <laughs> is, that the, uh, is that the Scott Steiner mic? Yes, 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 yes. What was that? Well, I was just the best part is, is this is... <laughs> This is like that movie cliche moment where someone's like going off on someone and then they go, they're standing right behind me, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> it's just a wrestling equivalent to that. It's like, Brian, as you were saying, <laughs> Brian inquires about, um, which title are you referring about? Are you talking about mine? And, and Z-Man plays it off like, oh, you know, man, I got a temper. You know, I got a temper. I didn't mean anything by it. But Brian does not <laughs> buy it. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean anything by it. Right. <laughs> What's going on here? Brian doesn't buy it at all. And he says the Z-Man shouldn't look past him, and he deserves some gratitude for looking out for him in the past. The Z-Man counters with, you know, you know, Brian, people have been saying that, you know, you've been you've been real generous with your help. And it's like, what what does that mean? That doesn't mean what you think it means. He, he's been generous with his help. That means he's been helping people. So maybe we needed to rework that line. Because you've been helping people. A little too much. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know You're how too it goes charitable. Here. And I'm the face. And <laughs> and then and then like it just kind of starts talking. About, oh, maybe we should do it now. And I, my next note was, it sounds like we're about to go to the barber shop with where this promo went. <laughs> but what's hilarious is like, all right, so you know by the end of this promo they have to be at odds, and at the beginning of it they're not. So you know that like in the back they're like, okay. We'll start off with this, and we got to end here. The way they get from that start to that end is hilarious. The leaps that they make, and you can tell, like, I, I'm clearly Pillman's a little bit more together when it comes to the promos. 
I'm wondering if his in his mind he's like, what the what is Tom doing? Like, what is he doing? Because he does take Tom. <laughs> hey man, what are we doing? <laughs> this, Guys, I haven't been the same since I stopped taking steroids and clearly lost like 30 pounds of muscle. Yes, a great <laughs> call. Please, give me a break. This promo is, you've got to see this. Time after time after time, the Z-Man gets on a roll. I started to get out of the slump. I got things together. And you two punks, JT Southern and Scotty the Flamingo, jump on my back. You know, anytime you two punks Want a shot at me? I'll put the title on the line anytime either one of you two want. What title are you talking about? You're talking about my title? Let's not get ahead of yourself, okay? Hey, wait a minute, Brian. I, it's national TV. They jump me from behind before, as you know. You know what kind of a temper I got. And I want some revenge on these two, Brian. I didn't mean your title. Like, Brian, you're my best friend. Tom, I know you're hot at them. They're not exactly uh, at the top of my list. But I'll tell you what. I've never known you to look past an opponent. I've come out here tonight to help you out just like I did all the times we tagged help up together out. and you got no gratitude for it. Help me out. Yeah. You help me out. Yeah. You know, to tell you the truth, Brian, a lot of people have been saying since you got the belt around your waist, you've been a little bit too generous with your help, Brian. I was fine on my own. You know something, Tom? We don't have to wait till tomorrow to do this. We can do it right now if you want. Let's do it right now. Guys, wait just a second. The way that they get to where they need to get, which is these guys are, you know, we're building some heat for this match, is some of the best work. And by that, I mean entertaining. So I just wanted to set with that, set that, set up the next match for that. Jason, this is all yours. This is a good one. I really, this is going to be fun to talk about, I think. So go for it. Z-Man versus oh, Flying. Oh, yes. Dude, so before we even... After we get that, we get uh, back to Shivani and Bischoff, uh, the Statler and Waldorf of WCW, apparently. Because um, it is, it's by this point, they're not interviewing anybody. It's it's really, really, really pointless. But uh, Bischoff says, my prediction is that Flying Brian's going to win because of the ground game. So the guy with flying in his name is going to use, and yes, that's what he did against Liger, but Liger was also a high flyer. Z-Man's kind of that <clears throat> mid-range, you know, he says he's a high flyer. He has like a top rope drop kick. That's pretty much it, other than getting beat up by everyone else. But Brian Pillman says, we don't have to wait till tomorrow. We can go right now and starts to get in the ring. And that's when the clip ends, because I guess Z-Man wanted to wait till tomorrow. Uh, Z-Man comes out, and we get one of my favorite squares to fill out during the uh, wrestling bingo is Wrestler Gets Spooked by Pyro. <laughs> uh, Which I feel like I feel like Z-Man's the only one who checks this off. Yes. like Because uh, I don't think he was expecting it, and if he was just a few inches back, he would have had a full James Hetfield and just been encompassed by Pyro uh, on here. But... Uh, there's a lot of cool spots in here. Like you were talking about earlier, like there's a lot of mirroring what each other's expecting, man. It's, it's off to a good start. I, I like it. Uh, there's that kind of mid air double arm. They both go for like a arm drag in mid air and just kind of tilt each other the different way, which the crowd has no reaction to for some reason. Uh, but then it gets to the point where there is lots of ground holds for this. So I changed his name to ground and Brian Pillman. Um, we get our 
we get the zinc bomb, you know, where he's going for the second rope Vader bomb. But, you know, it's here. Uh, so here we have one of my big, I mentioned it earlier today, Brian Pillman locks in the figure four. Jim Ross then says, I don't think I've ever seen him use this before. Now let's flash back to last year's Wrestle War. War is in War Games. Once all five members or all four members of Sting's team and all the four horsemen minus Arn Anderson with Larry Zbysko get in the ring, all the faces put all the heels in the figure four at the same time. <laughs> and everyone went nuts. And Jim Ross, you were there on the call. So uh, shut the fuck up with you. I don't think Whoa. I've ever seen this before. Whoa. So, you know. Oh, that's Debbie Doody right there. There it is. No. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> um, at this point, here's where I noticed that the <laughs> other end of the spectrum from the formal attire people, because a few, <clears throat> a few seats down from them, uh, there's a group of people that are in what I would call Jacksonville formal, being Daisy Duke skirt and uh, tank tops and all this. I think oh, it might have yeah. been the attractive woman you were talking about there, Will. I don't know. Uh, but also Miss Florida in 1978, Myrtle Lynch is there. So that's good to know. Uh, that's actually the name of my hey, great aunt. Is that so shoot? Make that. Is that a shoot? Oh, no. Is that a yeah. shoot? No, it's not oh, a shoot. It's, a it's just, a, it would be great. <laughs> If they're just like Myrtle Lynch, Miss Florida, 1972, here at Wrestle War, but uh, in between the the white trash and then the formal people, there's like three or four people that look like they're right out of a J.C. Penney catalog, and from the middle of the 80s. There's a lady who I thought for a solid minute was Delta Burke, because she looked just like she looks all the way on Designing Women, and I was like, is that? No, it's not Delta Burke, but her shoulder pads. She looked like she's wearing Vader's fucking helmet. Uh, they're just shoulder pads. They're so big. I was waiting on steam to come out. Uh, but back to the match, because they did lose me for a little bit with some of the ground and pound. But uh, for some reason, Brian Pillman goes to Charlie's favorite move with the wrestler who goes to the top rope and just figures, I'll do whatever. Because the Z-Man counters it with a Stacy Keebler-like split kick right up in the air. I, I looked. I have this. I, I, I took a snapshot of this because it's amazing <laughs> to look at. Like, it is a full extension, yeah. perfect kick to the face. <clears throat> if yes, only... really well done. <laughs> oh, oh well I done. see what you're saying. He goes up there and he has no idea what movie he's doing. <laughs> he just jumps. Right. Or they yeah. just jump. Yeah, they oh, just I jump. They're like, ah, oh, fuck. I always like in my head to pretend, oh, they're just going to do a double axe handle. Well, at least put your arms up. Right. You know, don't just go, here I come, and, Z. And then it's very uh, easy to cover your face when you get drop kicked. Yep. It is. Uh, but Pillman wins with the counter that never fails, getting the fuck out of the way. Uh, as Tom Zink, goes for his, Tom Zink goes for his top rope double drop kick, Brian Pillman just moves and rolls him up. Uh, this was pretty fun. I give this a six. Charlie, what did you think of this? Um, I, have, <clears throat> I have a theory on Z-Man not being aware of his pyro. I'm wondering if he's have if he ever like has like an existential crisis where he thinks he's not good enough for pyro. That shoot because that's <laughs> that's a shoot. Oh shit, that's a shoot. You know what I mean? It's like yes, yes. We've seen him get startled a couple times, uh, but it's just it just kind of takes away from the whole thing. And it's like like obviously pyro is for the wrestlers that deserve pyro, which you know I think he certainly does, but I don't think he thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love this. In, 
in-depth analysis of Tom Zink, the Z-Man, on the yeah, next WWE Network. <laughs> deep dive psychology here. Because, I mean, I, <clears throat> my favorite Tom Zink is still the camera behind him. Let's go! Like, I, I, I missed that. That was so cool and stupid. Um, but, yeah, the pyro thing, you should be used to it by now, man. <laughs> I wonder if maybe, maybe they're pranking him. I don't know. Um, I cannot believe this. I think I, this wasn't mentioned. <clears throat> I don't even know what the fuck a nose tackle is. Oh, you don't? No. no. Is that a shoot? It's no, a defensive version of the center. Okay. They, they, they get into this for like two minutes. Yeah. Over like Brian Pillman being a nose tackle. Nose tackle. There's. <laughs> Like Jesse Ventura just can't fathom the, the idea that a guy the size of Brian Pillman could be a nose tackle. He's like Ron Simmons. Now, now that's a nose well, tackle. It, it's really quite simple. <laughs> uh oh, lay it on a steam. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's really quite simple. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's just like the easiest thing is what Jason said. It's just like the defensive version of the center. Like it is. I mean, for all intents and purposes, a nose tackle kind of becomes like a butt plug in the defense. Like you're there just to plug the gap, just to plug that hole so that a running back doesn't get through. You know, that, that's, that's really... a very interesting point. <laughs> like if you look at a three-four defense, that's where you predominantly will see a nose tackle. Like when you see like some, um, um, you know, it's it's definitely different when you've got some four-three defenses. And that's where I'm going to stop right there with the the football talk, and I'll leave it as it is. You make a valid point, though. This goes on for far too long during the match. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So Z-Man's leg. <laughs> that pause was wonderfully uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that was the idea. So, so like, what's man. going on with this beach blast thing? <laughs> I, I do like that uh, both, both guys have a weakness that they're kind of going for. Pillman has a back weakness, and Z-Man has a leg weakness, which, I mean... I guess it's important for a while until Z-Man decides to ju- go for a missile drop kick uh, off the top rope. The crowd is all fucking into this. Um, like th- this is the the most excited they I think they've been. And this is a very I remember <clears throat> I think this was the match we watched a year ago. Um, when you were like, oh let's like, let's watch something from Wrestle War. And I yes. Like, oh, it's Brian, yes. Brian Pillman and Z-Man. I was like, all right. And and I've I remember this match ever since. And it's. I'm a little bit higher on it than Jason is. I'm actually a pretty big fan of this match. This is a, a wonderful match. We finally get... I, I love that. I was so excited to start this season uh, because I was like, oh, man, I get to see what else Z-Man can do. And this is the first good match I've seen since the last time I saw this match with, with Tom Zink. <laughs> there hasn't been a single good match with him, except for this. This is fantastic. And Brian Pillman, uh, you mentioned the promo earlier. I think it's Pillman, actually, that saves that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom Zink cannot talk. Um, no, it, it just it just wasn't convincing. And I do like I do love it. I love him just getting out of the way. You know, like we used to play the old video games, and if a guy came off the top rope, you kind of took a risk at hitting the R button at the exact right time, yeah. or you could just run into the opposite corner <laughs> <laughs> and then dra- and then drag his sorry ass back to the middle and lock him in a submission. That's but, a very interesting like, that point you make right cool there. Thing. That's a very interesting point. That's heavy duty right there. (laughs) Anyway. So, so I love the finish. I actually think it's really cool that he just, ah, fuck you. He just gets out of the way. (laughs) One, two, three. I gave this an eight. 
My rating is the exact same. I loved this match. It is clearly the best that anybody's gotten out of the Z-Man. This match has so many good false finishes where, like, they legitimately could have been the finish. They really, like, there was part of me that was mm -hmm. like, oh, that looks like the finish. That looks like a finish. And it wasn't. That's one thing that's cool about Flying Brian is that, like, he he's mixed up his finishers enough to where, like, he's one of the few wrestlers to where, like, if he does something, you're like, oh, this may be it. This may be it. And it's not. And like, oh, okay. Well, all right. We're still invested. They really got the crowd on those near falls. And that was really a pleasure to see. What's also great is how chippy this gets. Like, it feels real the emotions feel like they're really riding high especially like during some of those spots where pillman looks really vicious and he's really working almost like borderline heel in the match i love afterwards i thought that these guys reconciled after the match they do not pillman glares at him and just leaves um but yeah i mean i hate that stupid meme change my mind I, but th one thing i would say is i still believe he is by far the best part of the season he has been so good in such a variety of matches. And For Pillman? Yeah. 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 I mean, what it's been such a pleasant surprise and just something I hadn't really expected to see was that Flying Brian matches would be the ones I, I'm so highly anticipating with each of these shows. I, I don't I'll be I mean I I'll I can't wait to see him with Austin later on down the road, but right now can't this wait. stuff is fantastic. And this I mean, this is a borderline, like, I mean, on any other card, this would probably be the match of the night. I mean, clearly the main event is a special event on its own, but man, this is really good. So I, I really, I, I give it an eight as well. All right. So, um, we get the, uh, we do get another beach blast promo. JR and Jesse, they do, they, they just go through like just going, hyping up our next match, which, um, it's for the number one contendership for the IWGP titles, tag team titles, and you just gotta wonder, like, how many more of these, like, like how many more times do the Steiners need to be involved with this? But it just shows, like, how popular they are to where, like, they need to keep using them in Japan as much as they do. But once again, they're 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 trying to reclaim those titles by winning this number one contendership match. They're taking on Takayuki Ayazuka and Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah. All right, Charlie. This I, I can't. I'm excited for Worth you to do this. It. I am. I am excited for you to do this match. Now, yeah, now, the Todd Champion thing. It's all is forgiven. Uh, <laughs> totally worth it. Right off the bat, what the fuck is up with a 45 minute time limit? Have you ever heard that? No. No. Like that's an odd number. And um, after a while, I was beginning to think that this was going to go the distance <laughs> because. <laughs> I was like, my God, this match needs to end before somebody gets killed. Um, you know, it's interesting where it's a pay-per-view that has war games. And yet, the best of luck spot of the night probably doesn't come from the war games match. Uh, this is brutal. This is a really uh, tough match. Um so right off the bat, Scott Steiner does that fucking move that we all love and think is just so dangerous, but it's awesome. And he almost kills himself. That's one. Uh, you know, it's the uh, I I think I wrote a, a name for it. Oh, upside down power slam. <laughs> 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 That's all I could think of to call it. He spikes his head, and 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 there's this kind of great moment where when he's in the air. Like Jesse and Jr. Are like like oh my goodness, and then 
right when he lands on his head, you kind of hear Jesse Ventura go, oh. <laughs> he didn't get all that one. <laughs> he didn't get all that one, folks. Oh, he's got the other guy. Oh, he nailed that one. Okay, good. Man, can yeah. you just talk about, look how angry Scott is. He is so angry. What? Like, what? Something's, uh, I think there's something going on here. Um, well, first of all, he looks oh. concussed. He looks like, because he is wobbly for a second when he's getting up after that first one. And then when he goes into the second one, like he, he he's okay. He looks like it. I wouldn't doubt well, that he got a little concussed off that. Well, okay, well, I'm pretty sure he recovers because I think he transfers his concussion to Rick Steiner because Rick Steiner <laughs> almost kills Azuka with oh, what's basically a fairly basic move. Um you know, it's Scott's got him up in the powerbomb position, and Rick goes to do an elbow, and it should be fairly safe. But he ends up just kind of hitting him with the elbow, and then deciding to go even further forward, and his knee just kind of collides with this guy's nose, and you can tell immediately. And you're just like, oh boy. So you bring up you something know. interesting there, because that's what I I wrote that down that that's the spot where his face explodes. But that's it, man. But like, I looked at I looked at a couple different sources that that looked at the the amazing like cat, catch on the shoulders into a power slam that Rick does us like a few minutes later to Ayazuka. And people were pointing to that that like he crushed his face, and I was like, I don't know. The movie no. you described is the one where I thought it happened. No, it's, def- it's, it's definitely mine. I'm right. Fuck them. They're wrong. When he's going, when he's going to Fujinami to make That's the tag, you can see the blood. Yeah. yeah, you can see it. You know, and I was like, oh man, he's not coming back for a while. But little did I know. Like <laughs> it's like it's like every time he came back, he kind of must have thought in his head, oh, oh, they got that receipt on me. Everything must be all right now. Shit! And then just he gets annihilated every single time. Oh, it's like any time Tony would come in the ring in SmackDown versus Raw, oh. and we just went, no, nope, still don't like you. <laughs> um, let's see what else happens. Yes, yes, and then because yeah, this is this is number, this is the third best of luck spot. Uh, Rick almost kills him again when he counters the Doomsday device, and and turns it into a power slam, and. Because he, he, he contorts in a weird way, and, and the way they collide into the mat is just awful. God. It, it's like, okay, like, it, it actually happened so fast that I, I, I remember, like, not even being able to tell exactly what the hell I just saw. Um, well, yep, there's another one. Scott almost kills him again with a botched <laughs> tilt-a-whirl. Like, like, so he does the tilt-a-whirl, but he doesn't follow through. He just kind of Sid power bombs him. He just kind of lets him go. Like, while he's spinning around in the air like a fucking tornado. And it's like, all right. Um, and then the match mercifully ends with belly-to-belly uh, belly off the top rope, which honestly seems kind of tame <laughs> compared to the carnage that I've been watching for the rest of the match. And um, that, gets a, that gets a three count. Um, other than the notes that I have, I, I don't... I can't recall off the top of my head. There's no, there's no Frankensteiner attempt. Uh... There's really nothing on the outside that I can think of. Fujinami decides to go for one of their legs at one point, and JR's like, oh, patented Fujinami right there. Uh, he loves to kick you in the legs, but he only he doesn't really do anything about it. Um, just for sheer brutality, I loved this match. Uh, I gave this an 8. Jason, what did you think, man? This was my favorite match on the card. Uh, don't, don't blame because me. Because of 
because of how fucking insane it got at some point. You know, this this isn't you're not going for the titles. This is for a chance for you to have an excuse to fly across the world and fight <laughs> for some more belts that you're never going to defend because you're not in that country to defend it. And they only strip you because one of you got hurt kind of thing. Uh, and yet it is a hell of a fight. Uh, one of the first things I wrote down at the beginning of the match was Izuka looks like a Japanese Tom Zink because from far off, you'd be because he looks like how Tom Zink looked at the beginning of the season. He's got the hot pink tights on everything. I said, oh, man. Uh, so that, I think that's why the Steiners decide to wreck his face. Uh, because they're like, no, no good-looking guys for yet. Uh, Jim Ross and is just talking about how this is about, you know, the Steiners wanting to reclaim those titles. Those titles mean a lot. And for some reason, Jesse Ventura goes off about how the Japanese are taking all of the American jobs. <laughs> kind of the Jesse Jingoism is great. Great. Yes. Yes, rehashing uh, Pillman's promo from like a few shows ago before his match with Liger, how this is for the people who are losing their jobs. Yes, sir, this is the MAGA Just, moment of the night. Yeah. Oh, 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 yes. Kenny Omega, a.k.a. Ventura. <laughs> uh, well, there's the gimmick I change got... right there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh like, well, what does JR say? Because all editorial oh, comments. <laughs> yes, he's all editorial comments. Like he does, like the full disclosure I used to do with you when when we right. first started. It's like, oh, oh man. Uh, the best part is, you know, Scott fucks up that slam on Fujinami, and so he's just like, "Damn it, you come here, just grabs." <laughs> it's just like. I don't remember the dude coming through the ropes. It's like Scott just pulled him over with the sheer force. And he's like, I've made you look good, and now you're going to pay. He's <laughs> just like, just ruins it. It's just an alternating back and forth of of a lot of tags. And then it turns into, for the first time, I think, really, we're seeing the Steiners kind of get out-wrestled in the fact that these dudes are taking everything they've got. And they're just getting back up. Because... Uh, into the point where Fujinami gets like those kicks where he's going after Rick's legs, I think they are, they sound pretty fucking brutal uh, where he's hitting them on there and they look they look like they're full force, I don't care if Fujinami's supposed to be like 50 or whatever uh, but man, it's impressive at some point, Rick Steiner elbows Fujinami though so hard in the throat, all I heard was a gurgling sound <laughs> from Fujinami <laughs> Like it's just like oh, was, oh god, his his lungs are filling up with blood. This is pretty bad. Blood's on uh, you, Rick. But Morton, no. Apparently, as Scotty mentioned earlier, or Scotty, sorry, Charlie, I've turned you into Scott Steiner. Uh, as, <laughs> as Charlie mentioned earlier, Rick Steiner can absorb people's uh, injuries, but so like a real sin eater, so he just turns around, and takes it. Uh, and Fujinami just again gets back up and just comes right at it. It's insane that these dudes they just they won't quit. And I think it was a judgment call to not do the Frankensteiner as yes. much as everything else had been botched. Right. Uh, and that's not something you necessarily get up because Jim Ross makes a point that uh, Scotty, all right, Scotty was going for the superplex, but he superplexed himself by Fujinami. I don't know what that means. What? <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a call by Jim Ross. That is not me messing up. The I don't notes. remember that. <laughs> Just, yeah, I yeah. Yes, you're right. There is that call. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, he took the concussion and the pre-stroke 
then I, you know, this match was fucking balls to the wall. I had to go back and rewatch some of it to get some notes because I found myself just kind of being enamored with it. But I gave this bad boy an eight. I'm going to build off that last, that line you said about the, after the match, Scotty looks pissed. And I think part of it's because he, like, there were so many, like, it, it was so rough at times. And I think the fact that, like, it, it does end, like, Charlie, like you said, like, after all that stuff you described, it ends with a top rope belly to belly. It feels really like, it almost Which, feels like, <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. It's a, it's a fine move. Yeah. I love seeing that move. But after everything else that I've seen in this particular match, no. It would be the equivalent of Osprey versus um, Ricochet ending with a body slam. Like, oh, <laughs> wow. oh, that's the finish. Oh, okay. I, I, well, that reminds like... me of that. You, you see that WCW toy commercial that's made the rounds? I think you retweeted <laughs> yes. it. For like, uh, <laughs> you little twerp. I love that little dork. <laughs> that little twerp. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's going to finish him off with a body slam. And I'm like, not fucking likely. <laughs> what is this, superstar Billy Graham? Maybe in the sixth. <laughs> yeah, finish him off with a body slam. I'm like, that kid's only been watching AWA his whole life. Um, <laughs> I feel like this season we've learned there are only two real Steiner Brothers matches. Either A, against guys that they're just going to throw around the ring that have no name. Right. Or against wow. Japanese wrestlers where they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Those are the only two Steiner Brothers. Good. And it's all good. It's all good the whole it's time. It's all good. Like, I, like th- Honestly, these are probably my favorite um, matches oh of, my God. of the season. I, anytime I see Steiner Brothers, I honestly thought I was going into war games. Yeah. And they're like, nope, we got the Steiner Brothers. I'm like, fucking A, yes. <laughs> I'd say next to Pillman... Like, if you could, I, they would be the only legitimate, like, MVP that I would give to a tag team over singles guys because they are that much fun to watch match in and match out. Like, even even during that ridiculous tournament that we, that we the, the, oh, the you know, on. Pat O'Brien invitation, or whatever the hell it was. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Pat O'Connor. The Pat O'Connor invitation. <laughs> whatever. Who the hell is Pat, Pat O'Brien? O'Connor? Isn't he, like, a host? Pat O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat O'Brien. He's... Entertainment tonight, Sports somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyone, um, anyone have any makers, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, there's really, I mean, you guys have hit on every single thing that's important in this match. I, re- I did write for myself, like the only thing I was like, is the best part of this match when Fujinami tries to cheap shot Rick Steiner, but the ref isn't there to cut off Rick, and Rick enters the ring and he's like, oh shit, dude, <laughs> dude I'm so glad you brought that up because that almost looked. That looks like a shoot. Oh, yeah. That almost looks like a shoot to me. I'm just like, yo, well, they, God, he's pissed. Uh, Jim Rossi goes, yeah, Rick Steiner did step in the ring, but Fujinami should have kept his composure like he's chastising <laughs> yeah. him via commentary. When, you know, we've seen that so many times in tag match. It's like the t- like one team will always Not try like to this. they try to bait the other guy to come in. The ref cuts him off, so then that way the other team can actually do the two-on-one. That, no, 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 no. Randy Anderson's like, you know what? Fair game. Let him out. Let him out. <laughs> MAGA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, this is good. I gave it an 8-2, by the way. It Absolutely good. a fantastic match to watch. I And really, man, huge props to Ayazuka. That kid, like, he I held mean, on, man. to get through that. Because the whole time you can see him like he's clutching his face, even while he's working. And it's clutching like, his face. <laughs> he is, he's Usually just, you clutch your leg. I know. Or your arm. I mean, like, his face is falling face. off. It is not yeah. there. Like, it's puffy. Well, and 
I yeah. couldn't I couldn't make it out, but Jesse Ventura kept saying stuff like his right eye is completely closed. <laughs> yes. Like, I thought he broke an orbital bone or something. Like, something like that. Because they were talking about blood from Dude, the Dude, he's going to come out wearing Undertaker's mask from 96. <laughs> Ooh. You well, mean Richard Morton's exactly. mask? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Morton's mask from 96. <laughs> you imagine Richard Morton in that mask? Don't mind the Leslie. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen goes and looks for the real Richard Morton. <laughs> it's Richard Morton versus Ricky Morton. Ted DiBiase oh, claims he has the real Richard Morton. <laughs> I don't think anyone's arguing with this. No. Just, you know what? Whatever, Ted. <laughs> Richard Morton feeds his own blood to Midian. Or, excuse God. me, Henry Godwin turning him into Midian. <laughs> Uh, so that pretty much transitions us into our main event. There's, I mean, there's some definitely some time killer with with, with both um, commentary positions doing some stuff. They do allude to that there are some possible rifts within the Dangerous Alliance based on some uh, some of the previous shows. They don't go too much into it, but they're but they are planting that seed, which seems like oh okay, well so we know where we're headed in the main event. This has got to pop up somewhere. So I figure the best I, way. I'm to... glad you brought that up, mm. William. If I could, yeah. that bit about the rifts, because I don't think that Jesse Ventura grasped the concept of what War Games is, because throughout the night he keeps saying, "And what's going to happen when all ten men get in there and they all decide they want the World Heavyweight Championship?" Like, oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was not Jesse the Mind that night. Jesse the Mind, clearly not. He's, he's too busy thinking about the, oh, I'm going to do some measurements that involve chests. And I swear to God, if it's not a comedic bit where he winds up having to measure uh, PM News and Abdullah the Butcher's boobs, <laughs> then I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> Where's PM <PN> News? <laughs> I know. I'm anticipating a lingerie match between him and Abdullah now. Let's get that going. <laughs> oh, a broad yes. Match. <laughs> Back in the early days of SmackDown where you could give... Uh, you give the male wrestlers the female move where it was like they grabbed them, bend them over their knee, and lick their hand and slap their ass. No, like, whoa, that was so weird. Whoa. You know, that was, you, know what, you know what I thought of yesterday that bothers me now, and it didn't used to bother me back then? Tic Tacs? Rikishi. It, no, it's Rikishi taking that fucking clothesline. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, it's all because of that flipped. Jake Roberts pod. I'm just like, what? Like it, it didn't matter who gave Rikishi the clothesline. He spun around <laughs> every single time. Which Jake Roberts podcast are you talking about? You have to listen. It's um, it's it's where we keep getting that Austin thing from. There's no heat when you hit a guy with a damn sledgehammer. Number one, both of you've killed your damn characters. So much good stuff. If he can get up from a sledgehammer, folks, I can't fight him. And that's a very interesting point. God damn, you just killed your character. You just told the whole world. You're a bony son of a bitch. Well, that's interesting. That's heavy duty right there. That's true, bro. Well, that's a good point. It's fucking amazing. Oh, it's okay. So I didn't know if it was the, one of the new ones where he was on, like, the Joe Rogan experience, and it's like three and a half hours, so Jake's stories get a little I dark. I don't know if I can <laughs> listen to Joe Rogan for three and a half hours. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, it's... Oh, oh, back at oh, this, some no. old lady, she stabbed, she hit me. And what well, what did you do, Jake? Oh, I kicked her. I kicked her real good. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I think you could literally go on that show and tell Joe Rogan that you're fucking Santa Claus, and, and he would believe it. <laughs> it. 
Have you ever noticed that? Like, no, he I, never yeah. challenges anybody on anything that they say at all. And he's just like, well, wow. Joe, I, and he's always I, really close thing. to the mic. He's like, wow, I didn't know that. Because <laughs> he's stoned out of his wow. mind, man. And I'm just like, dude, oh, fuck, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my rant. No, it's cool. It's fun. I figure for this War Games match, like, I... I've just broken it down by when somebody enters. And I think the easiest way to do it is like everybody just, everybody just chime in with your notes. Like we'll do all the notes kind of at one time because it's kind of the easiest way to do this because um, there's definitely a lot that's going on here. The first thing I wanted to mention is I think if you count Medusa, there are eight Hall of Famers in this match. Man, I mean, it's a who's who of 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 people in this match. Like it's they're the, the star power alone. And I mean, um, the only ones even missed... the Dangerous Alliance, yeah, yeah. just the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, yeah. Wow, how could you boo these people? Right. Like that's a fucking staple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and to top it all off, like the fact that Paul Lee's like doing like real strategy with them, and it doesn't seem like bullshit. Like it seems like like real strategy. I'm like, that's so. If cool. this guy goes in, then you go in. And yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I can hear that. So. All right, let's start off with our first two. Like, we don't need to go over the rules. Capetta, if you want to hear it, Capetta. I do, I do want to point out that there's nine of them. What's that? There's not, nine is... rules. Oh, okay. Listed. Yeah. Like, I was like, Which oh is my two God. less than last year. It is? <laughs> have, they, have they gotten a they little more lax this it, year? <laughs> yes. I think they tried to make it, you know, less complicated. Because Gary Michael Capetta does say very briefly, the, I can butcher that, but very briefly, the rules. To which I went, uh-oh, time to time it. It takes him a minute yeah. and 55 seconds to explain the rules of let, one match. Like, the whole setup, like, 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 well, I think that the idea of, of, of how to go through this is fine. But this beginning part needs to be talked about. Okay. Because I'm like... Because this is usually like when the when the when the, uh, when the when the ring announcer talks like this, it's usually because they're setting the ring up or something. Right. And I'm looking at the ring, and they're not setting the fucking thing up. And I'm like, well, what what are they, what are they doing? And then after Capetta's done talking, then the fucking thing starts coming down. But hold on, no, it doesn't. The camera is just kind of oddly like aimed at the ceiling, and we're like, what the fuck are we looking at? Oh, pyro. Exactly. And then the thing starts coming down, and for about like twenty seconds, I honestly thought it wasn't gonna fit. <laughs> it looked, it looked like it was off center, and I was like, oh, this will be good. We're gonna have a little Seth Rollins moment going on here. And oh. <clears throat> And uh, no, it, but it fit the, the whole thing felt like it took an Undertaker entrance, like just to get like the announcements made. Jesse Ventura and Jr. and Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone and getting the fucking cage down and getting everyone in the ring to make sure that the cage was like where it's supposed to be. I mean, it was exhausting. That's the best. Oh, that's it. Okay. No, I just <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure I did not want to step on. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross and the timekeeper are very brave people to be sitting in that position the entire night with that janky ass cage hanging like 25 feet above their head. I do like that. The fact when it starts. Good, go ahead, Jason. Go say that when it starts to lower. The corners are like flaked out a little bit, and they're just like, "Oh no, 
this isn't good. And they uh, they clearly did not yeah. take the note from last year, and they didn't raise the they didn't make the cage higher. Like it's still low, like terribly low to where like you have to be really careful with what you do in the ring because you may bump yourself against the top of the cage. You right. Know? Like they did no, not. No, take wait that a second. How, how much did they say the Hell in the Cell weighs? Oh, was did it like twenty elephants? That? I don't know. Twenty elephants, thirteen. I don't know. Well, I, I, I seem to remember it being something like twenty five thousand pounds. Yeah, it's like eighty something. big shows or something. They don't yes. they use it <laughs> no, as a no, 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 no. That's the Royal Rumble. Oh, I got you. <laughs> but, but anyway, the reason I bring this up is like basically, I always thought that WWF stole the Hell in a Cell idea from WCW. They just made it one ring, and they made the cage much sturdier. And, but however, uh, the reason I bring up the weight is because like this is twice the size of Hell in a Cell two rings and Jim Ross <laughs> makes a comment about oh here it comes it's hundreds and hundreds of pounds of steel and I'm like that doesn't sound very threatening <laughs> <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pounds is it what is it like 400 pounds like is it like two Vaders it's two oh, Vaders it's the 90s <laughs> two Vaders it's the 90s Charlie hyperbole was more effective yeah, m- maybe it's just WWE just blowing shit out of proportion. Like, I swear to well, God, I think the I think the elimination chamber is half a ton. <laughs> yeah, well, of course the the steel stairs weigh what what fifteen hundred pounds? Isn't that what they tried to say <laughs> during the first ever stairs match between Rowan and the Big Show? Like, weight is so outrageous in wrestling. Like the like the fifty pounds of gold and like like none of these things weigh what they say. <laughs> no, my favorite thing is they're like. These stairs weigh like when they said they weigh like close to fifteen hundred. It was ridiculous. And then like the very next match on Raw because it was just a build up for that stairs match was a a divas match because they were still divas at the time. And some diva got flung into the stairs and they moved. And I'm just oh, like, of course, fifteen hundred pounds. That's a lot of force. <laughs> so so anyway, so Richard Morton picks up a, a, a steel stair and crushes Vince McMahon's ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Morton set Robert Gibson's arm on fire in an Inferno match. Here we go again. <laughs> Richard go. Morton hung, hugged Limp Biscuit lead singer Fred Durst after performing for him at WrestleMania 19. CM Punk took the ashes of Jim Cornette and wiped them all over himself in the hype of his <laughs> match. <laughs> Richard Morton. I like how. Hanged the big the boss Undertaker man. <laughs> WrestleMania 15. <laughs> Richard Morton defeated Mark Henry in a casket match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, wait. Richard Morton helped Steve Austin beat Dude Love by pulling Gerald Briscoe out and choke slamming him through a table, and then pulling Pat Patterson out and choke slamming him through a table. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Morton made his return to the WWF with his new gimmick, the American Badass. <laughs> Are you scared? Not really. <laughs> it's Richard. It's Richard Morton. <laughs> I just want to hear Richard Morton with his super southern accent doing the the Ministry of Darkness. Just that, just limit to these guys. Well, North Mondiende. All right, so to recap who's in this match, on just so you know, all the, so everyone knows all the players. 
You got Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco taking on Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Nikita Koloff, uh, Dustin mm. Ro- Dustin Rhodes, and Barry <laughs> Wyndham. <laughs> so, all right, the first the first two in are Austin and Wyndham, and this is a Perfect. delight to watch. Um, Austin does the unthinkable. He does a diving clothesline over the ropes, which I was like. I never would have thought Stone Cold would have ever pulled this off in any incarnation. But somehow later on, he does the Conan clothesline. The cartwheel, like, you know, he does the, not yes. the cartwheel, he does the roll. The turnbuckle. Yes, I was like, the tequila sunrise. We talked, about this. We've talked about this before. Whenever you see Austin do something like this back then, do, you're, do you immediately, like, close your eyes and think of him doing it as Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just can't. Your no. brain, it's, you're basically like, doing the test of strength to yourself and kicking yourself yeah yes <laughs> it's inc- it's insane i it, it's so and it's and it's really refreshing to watch because you're like yeah the guy was really good even before he got really good he was and, great yeah mm-hmm. what do you guys have any notes really for just the austin Wyndham portion here anything to add uh, before? yes you of did i do uh, i do too austin. i do too actually okay. go go i got a couple yeah. Uh, so everyone gets almost everyone gets a name change this match, and we now have Ariel Steve Austin, uh, not just because of him flying over the the two ring ropes, but he does this move where he tries to hold on to the top of the cage and like kick Barry Windham like in an action movie, uh, and does it several times. Once Austin gets bloodied and he's laying at the uh, right of the feet where the faces are. Like how Jesse Ventura starts saying that Rick, uh, that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is just spitting on him. <laughs> yes. Concept. <laughs> I'd like I to think that him when Ricky, Ricky Steamboat thump- spits, it's like a Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park, where it's just like That's- stuck on him. <laughs> Thank you. stepping on my bit where it's Ricky the Dilophosaurus Steamboat because <laughs> <laughs> he gets a new brand too uh, so it's so good it's so good and and then Barry Windham gets changed to the cannibal Barry Windham where he starts to bite oh, God. Steve Austin's like open wound oh, right in rough. the camera <laughs> like hi mom I'm gonna give him hepatitis or something he yells something really weird and starts gnawing and making gnawing sounds uh, but that's after other people start coming in. But th- what you got, Charlie? Wow. Um, yeah, basically. Uh, so Austin gets busted pretty bad. And but uh, I swear for like the remainder of the match, once the other periods start, Austin just becomes a punching bag. And the bumps that he takes are unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think see he, him bump like that. He's the MVP he, of this match. I mean, he yeah. does so much for everybody. It's really good work. It's a clinic. If you like, if you like to study like somebody who's not winning in a match, like not like getting the upper hand, but doing a great job making everybody else look good, this is it. It's incredible. And when you think about the fact that I think he was only pro for two years at this point, yeah. Like, and and he's damn near looking better than anybody else in that ring, just yeah. from a selling standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I did laugh my ass off when Jesse claimed that Steamboat was spitting on Austin. <laughs> Because uh, it was just because for one, I actually I thought that was out of character for Jesse. That sounds like something Bobby Heenan would say, right? Right. Because because Jesse Ventura was always more of a um, 
of a thinking man's heel commentator. Like he, you, you could actually like almost agree with him. And Bobby Heenan would just flat out lie. <laughs> and so to hear that, oh, he spit on him. Did you see that? And and Jim Ross gets so defensive about the way he's talking about Steamboat, as we'll hear later on. <laughs> like, and that was fun, like listening to Jr. defend Ricky's honor. <laughs> That's just not true. How could you say that? I hated Abraxas. <laughs> That's when like, I, I just now I'm listening. I can just hear the the glory of love kicking in as Jr. defends Ricky Steamboat's yeah. honor. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, Karate Kid Two. Oh, Jr. Jr. takes oh. his belt off and throws it up there to 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 save to save. <laughs> Oh, oh, to save him? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ricky, Steamboat's... <laughs> Ricky Steamboat's in the middle of the ring getting his ass kicked because the Jim Rossi's beating that little drum thing that all the people don't know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck that thing. That thing is so dumb. It's like, like the one line of dialogue about it, too, is like, well, what's that? It's from my family. It helps with karate. It's it's How the does it help. You will see. It's the Japanese equivalent it. of the crowd shouting DDT. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 they're respectful, and I love how they all have one. Yeah, they all have. <laughs> like, like, how did you know you would need that? Everyone. Like, Everyone. this wasn't the they all were giving valley. them out. It is. Uh, it, it that's that's the gimmick night at the uh, the local you know dojo. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, I'm not. Oh, I'm Charlie, not. Charlie, you didn't see the well. commercials. The, the first 500 people get the stupid drum thing. Larusso broke out the drum thing in Cobra Kai. Oh, and dude, I was wait, like, I, I geeked out. I was wait, just like, what season? I, I finished. It. I haven't watched season two yet. So it's season two. Oh, oh, dude, dude, you gotta finish it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, like, you want to talk about a batshit season finale? Season two finale of Cobra Kai. It's just, you could never prepare yourself for it. <laughs> um, okay. Do they go to space? Because it's like the only thing. <laughs> they might as well have. Because oh, shit. It is, a, it is a soap opera of soap operas. But anyway, yeah, they broke out the uh, the drum thing. And that's uh, just like, da- Daniel, you kept it? <laughs> Like, really? Uh, so right. Next to enter is Rick Rude, and so now, and, and it's, oh, it should yeah. be said, Wyndham basically just dominates Austin, it dominates him the whole time. Rick Rude comes in, and then the Alliance gets the upper hand on Wyndham. I think this is when Barry Wyndham becomes number two guy to to gig in the match. He's bleeding. Um, what else? What else do you guys have? It's just like anything here before we get to when Steamboat enters. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the only thing I have is Rick, Rick Rude loves doing that, that arm across the back move. Oh, yeah. I got you. Boy, he loves it. <laughs> um, I The pop of the night seems to be when Steamboat enters. The place comes unglued when Steamboat enters. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and, of course, he goes right for the target. Which you know is is which by the way he's got bandage over his nose so maybe he got Steinered at some point recently too we don't know, but his nose is bandaged up going into the match. He goes right at Rick Rude and they just continue their feud and it's great. It's it's so good that like it becomes its own match in one of the rings like to where like 
at, at some point when Dustin Rhodes enters, he's like, all right, well, he enters the, that ring and he's like, well, it looks like business is being take, uh, taken care of here. I will go back. <laughs> <laughs> and he just immediately exits. <laughs> Yeah, he does the Grandpa Simpson gif. Yes, yes. That should just replace it. Um, talk about uh, up next, my favorite part of the whole match yeah. is uh, Arn Anderson was smart enough to uh, store two finishers. Yes, my, you, my <laughs> man, you nailed it. That was my note. Exactly. Two specials ready to go. Yep, right off the bat, runs in, DDT's Barry Windham, goes into the other ring, and he's got, like, a little bit of special left. It's blinking, it's it. blinking, it's blinking. It's blinking, you gotta do it. <laughs> Spine buster on Ricky Steamboat. I was just like, fucking, I love the Dangerous Alliance. <laughs> so cool. And then, There's um, just too many DDTs in this match. Yeah, Steamboat gets two. I think he he breaks out two of them. He's almost like, oh, fuck it, I'll do one too. Mm-hmm. Or I'll do two of them. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Dustin Rhodes is the next one to come in. He will be the third person to bleed in this oh, match. Oh, oh, mm. okay. Before Dustin comes in, okay. sorry, I have to. I have to mention this because it's just weird. Uh, Jesse Ventura, just for no fucking reason, makes a comment about Ricky Steamboat having many girlfriends in the audience. Yeah, yeah. What is this? He's having. And there's Jim Ross defending his honor yeah. once again. <laughs> He's having a lot of sunny days. Oh. Yeah, like like it was just a weird thing to say in Jim Ross. How could what? I'm <laughs> sorry. It's like the worst my JR impression is the better. Like <laughs> where, where where did that come from? I hated Running Man. He does not. Yeah, he does not. <laughs> he does not. And and I kept waiting for them to bring it up, like his like. You know, when Ricky Steamboat was the family man, that kind of gimmick. But, you know, because it was just so strange. The family man that brought a dragon to the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Then he's family guy. He's straight up Peter Griffin. Just I happen to have a dragon. I'm going to bring it to the ring. Uh, I got a pet dragon. (laughs) That sounds like something that would actually happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is this before or after? uh, I think... I don't know. It, it. I know at one point Rick Rude gets in there, but someone's head gets put between the two rings. No, it's before. And, and they just freaking, I know, because Rick Rude happens, I don't think it's someone else, and they just act like it's the most devastating thing I've ever seen. It just looks like someone's using a human plunger. That's all it really looks like. <laughs> yeah, or one of those like things hurt. to clean a fireplace. <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> in, in like 1930. Yeah. Um, JR makes a, a, a reference to a car accident on I-95. <laughs> Which is a, that is a topical reference for us. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so we, Rhodes, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. No, I was going to say, because we're in South Carolina, we see him on I-95 all the time. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, Dustin Rhodes, that's when he comes out. And yes, it's Barry Windham doing that move to Arn Anderson, which it takes JR like like a, a little while than a, longer than it should to see it because uh, it, it's going on for a while before JR mentions it because uh, something else is going on in the foreground I think it's Wyndham and Austin <clears throat> which um, I, I think this is, the, this is the strongest part of the match is when you've got when after after Dustin Rhodes enters and you've got Rhodes Wyndham and Steamboat against Austin Rude and Anderson that is like the best of this match because it is it is a, it is just a 
it is a good brawl. And every what I love is like by the end of this match, I, I don't know who gets to clean this ring, but this is the most disgusting ring of all time. It's got to be just like you Super s- Invader. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you drew the short straw again, Hercules. I didn't draw a straw. Exactly. <laughs> Small car Vader. Because you, right. you see everybody's tight. Everybody's tights are like bloody. Like everybody's got oh, yeah. juice all over them. It's great. Um, so then. You know, it's interesting, too. What? I believe WWF was under a strict no blood policy at the time. Yeah, I think so because this is '92, so the this WrestleMania is the year eight of thing WrestleMania happens. eight. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I think they were really heavily against blood, and WCW's like, "Well, oh, fuck, we'll take over." Oh yeah, I, I'm. I just, I was, I when I made the blood list, and there's only four. There are four guys that bleed in this match. I was like, I was expecting this to be like six or seven out of eight people bleed in this match I could, because it felt like they were all bleeding. Dustin, yeah. Dustin, this looked like his blood from uh, Double or Nothing. Yes. Does and yeah, it was that bad. Um, I feel like once Larry Zabisco enters, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but but then to to kind of like offset that, Medusa decides <laughs> she's gonna climb the cage, which I don't understand why she needed to climb the cage to get the cell phone in there, but she does it. Are the holes bigger on the top of the cage? I guess, <laughs> which. Which, by the way, Arn Anderson, you like a like a brilliant no mercy or revenge wrestler, immediately intercepts this and is like bip 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 bip. Just no, takes... no, he's great with it. <laughs> but it begs the question: Why didn't one of the Dangerous Alliances run in with the phone? Right. I have actually a better question: Why didn't one of them just bring the wrench in that helps loosen the rope so they could get it done quicker? Because but I I can't tell. What uh, what Bobby Eaton's doing? No, like, Rick Rude's trying to do like it barehanded. It. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, Rick Rude tries. So this by this point, Rick Rude is going to start trying to take off the top rope, and I don't. I forget who else joins in. But you're right, Bobby Eaton and Jesse calls it. I was like, it looks like Eaton's trying to fix the top. Rope. <laughs> it really does. I'll be right with you. And just, so he's over there humming the dark. Dark side to himself. So Sting, so, so, we should. This yes. is where we should definitely bring up that Sting with his busted ribs decides. You know what? I'm going to go confront this this lady who's trying to interfere in our match. You know here. what? <laughs> and he just scares not her off. Only of the does he do, yeah, not only does that happen, but Sting with broken ribs is able to climb to the top of the cage. Yes. After Medusa, in between, and this is all happening in less than two minutes. Like it's. It's a lot. Yeah, that's super fast. The crowd, with broken rib. the crowd really wants him to kick her ass. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It has not aged well, has it? No, no. I no. Mean, it's, it's but not, that, but no. the stupidest part of the match is this bullshit where, uh, what is it? Nikita Koloff comes in, right? And I guess they didn't take the time to discuss any of this in the bag, right? <laughs> but. But, but, like, there's, like, all these guys that are trying to kill them, and they're, like, staring at each other, like, you want to do it? So, so before Koloff gets in, just real quick, we'll just knock off. So Sting enters, then Bobby Eaton, and then Koloff comes in. Now, the cool thing about the Koloff thing is they do call back to a year ago when... Um, right. And, and, I, and I assume in the build up to this, they probably had the whose side is Nikita on and all that. I'm sure they did, they touched on that. But it is funny that they happen to take the time 
And I will say, like, as ridiculous as it is, the crowd is so into it. And what I absolutely love, this is such a small thing, but it's because we were, we've been watching all these shows pretty, you know, pretty much back to back as, I mean, we've been into it a while. Sting duplicates the exact same spot where he sacri- he betrayed himself by saving Luger and ate the chain. Yes. He I does. that was familiar. Koloff does the <laughs> same thing back to Sting and eats that whatever clothesline or whatever it is from both guys to prove that he's in and it's all on the up and up and they do the embrace that I like just because it was a, it, even if it was unintentional, it, it was a callback to when they were beginning their feud a year ago. So I just, just wanted to touch on that, but yeah, the, the loosening of the ropes becomes the thing here. And I, I do love that. Like after we've dropped a phone in there. So how are we going to top ourselves in terms of trying to give ourselves an advantage? Well, why don't we just tape up Eaton's hand? Let's just tape his hand up. Like that'll that's gonna do some damage. That if we tape up Bobby Eaton's hand, you'll be able to go in there and just you know put some knots on some guys' heads here, and that'll be it. But um, once Koloff enters, that is the match beyond beginning. So now it is no pinfall, it is no DQ. The only finish is somebody has a submit, and that's where we really get into some of this um, this stuff here. So what do you guys have once match beyond starts? It's uh, there's a really good once it gets in there. I think it calls back to when you were uh, talking about Jesse uh, commenting on Bobby Eaton trying to fix the ring. Jim Ross does have an awesome callback or a call to that. He says, "I don't think he's got, got ring maintenance on his mind," which is just <laughs> really good thing. But it it, it because the camera is really only in that corner. To watch so that we can keep an eye on what's going to happen with the stream post. It kind of forgets the other side where yeah. the majority of the guys are. Right. Uh-huh. And it's just more flailing, a lot of flailing around and Rick Rude doing the back hit that Charlie mentioned and then just a lot of punches to the heads um, rolling through. But it's the, is it this when they start really hitting the submissions? Like, yeah. why were they uh, the double Boston Crab? And no, that was a lot earlier. So I didn't understand why they were doing Sting submission moves a, before someone could quit. Sting locks in, he gets a special, and he locks in Anderson for a, a scorpion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then, and then that's while he's doing that, that's when we have Zabisco now trying. Everybody gets a turn at trying to work the rope. For a while, it's really funny. Yeah, and what do you make of it? <laughs> like this is why I'm serious. Medusa just needed to give them a wrench so they could do this a lot faster. They could just and be yep. done with it. But nobody. Oh, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get the things off of it. Right. He's trying to get the. Yeah. Oh. And and which even begs a better question. Like, why don't you just throw one of the like? Didn't couldn't somebody have like used another weapon besides that? Like we're building up towards use this the spot. Phone. Right. The phone. Wouldn't the phone be enough? But no, we got to use part of the the ring rope to try and beat sting to death with it and now i'll believe i'll believe a lot of things though i do not believe a cell phone would break an arm i mean it's i, I don't see that the ring that's seen wall ass, street I, <laughs> that's a movie this is real this is wrestling dude did you see when he cracked uh he beat uh oh the the wonder years he beat that kid in the face with it and like it exploded remember what's his what? name which, Kevin? No, Brad no, no. Savage? No, no, no. Or his Jason, brother. Wayne? Jason, Jason Hervey. Remember, he, oh, he just Wayne. blasted him in the head with the phone and exploded. Who did he, who did he hit with the phone? <clears throat> Jason Hervey. 
Oh, he hit. Oh, Kevin hit his brother Wayne. No, no, Paulie. <laughs> the Wonder Years. With oh, Paul God, Lee. damn it! I the Wonder you were Years. Talking about the Wonder. I was about to say, I've seen the every show, episode yeah, of the, the Wonder Years. The show about years. the '60s. I've seen yeah. every episode the show of the Wonder about the Years. 60s I where not one brother hits it. A phone assault. <laughs> oh, man. I love that first episode when we see Paul Lee and Winnie Cooper have that kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Like a 60s sitcom where they have cell phones. <laughs> Not cell phones. I'm thinking like a landline. Right. Like, <laughs> no, I get that, but you can't you can't submit if you're knocked out unless you're Brian Pillman and Elegante quits for you. But, but this is the kind you know. of... This is the problem with the match. Like, for me, is... Like it's just fucking chaos and brutal, and it ends with an arm bar. I was thinking so. <laughs> no, what you're saying is exactly what I was thinking coming into this. And I was like, I I feel like I like this match a lot, but the finish <clears throat> is lame, and it kind of is. I mean, I get it, but it was like literally as soon as Sting locked it in, I was like, no, like. Like no, it can't end like because that's always my problem with war games. War I can't think of a single war games that had a good ending. Like the match is is fine. Like this, this is a really good match considering, and you know we mentioned that the problems with the uh, with the focus of the cameras, it's not that bad. Like it's they do a pretty decent job of 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 following the action. I mean it's not perfect, but it's it, it certainly could have been a lot worse with ten guys. It's just this finish. It's just kind of goofy. Yeah, so I was, I Charlie, what you're talking about is exactly what I was thinking about because we watched this a year ago. And so the, right. thing, I, the thing I'd forgotten, though, was the thing like that Zabisco does where he accidentally hits Bobby Eaton with that ring or the ring rope piece in the shoulder. And I was like, that added to it. I was like, okay, all right. I could see why Sting yeah. would go for it. I could see why he goes for it, even though it is just like, when. We well, would have rather about, have seen him do the Scorpion Deathlock on somebody to right. win. Or how about he takes his arm and, like, uses the steel as, like, leverage? Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. That, that would have been made better. more sense. Yeah, that would have been yeah, better. that would have been okay. But just a straight-up arm bar? Like, he didn't, like, hit his joint. He hit him on the side. Like, it's just going to be a bruise. Like, this isn't, like, a... like. Like an internal thing right. for him, right? Like it's not going to be like a real issue. It, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. But if he'd used the the wrench as like part of the submission, um, I, I absolutely would have bought into it. Jason, did what do you think of the ending? And then if go and throw in any of your other notes, and then your rating. Well, the it's kind of very anticlimactic. Like you, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. You sit through all of Infinity War and Endgame, and Thanos gets taken away in handcuffs. That's kind of how this felt, because it was just kind of, uh, uh, I'm glad, see, yeah, you, you see how big of a letdown that Or, that or War Machine does a DDT to him, and he disappears. <laughs> no, just turns oh, to dust. No. Figure four, and the, the Undertaker, Richard Morton, shows up yeah, and says, on is. your left. <laughs> yeah. wow. But that would have made it a lot better for me. I was trying to figure out how to work it in. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, <laughs> well, see, that's what happened. See, Charlie, they didn't, when Cap didn't t come back and they create a new timeline where Richard Morton's the Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> but he's just he's just referred to as Richard Morton. Not Steve, even what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> that, what would be great is if we're in the bad timeline instead of Falcon, it's Flamingo and it's Scotty. It's, it's, <laughs> no, that, that, shield, that shield belongs to you. Oh, speaking of shield, 
So last night I watched the uh, Fight for the Fallen show for AEW, and when they're running it? the promo, eh, it's okay. It's a little too long because um, all their matches have time limits, and Cody Rhodes is, excuse me, Cody is the new Triple H. All of his matches so far have been very long. Um, so, but they're before the promo. It's like, for, or before the match between the Rhodes and then the Young Bucks. Dustin's sitting there talking about. He goes, "Yeah, it's been a long time since we teamed." He said, "But we're the first team to beat the Shield, but they bleep the word Shield." Oh, Why would they like, bleep? It's just so. <laughs> I don't know because then he turns around and says, "He goes, and we whoop the shit out of each other, and they bleep shit." So I was like, "So did you beat the shit, or did you beat the Shield?" Uh, this was on pay-per-view, right? Or not pay-per-view, was, but... Well, it was still streaming, yes, but they still... But there's yeah, no broadcast they, standards. No. Well, there's not broadcast standards on WWE Network, but they'll still bleep and blur shit, so... Well, that's true, but, but I mean, but, but that, you know, they, they have they're on they have stockholders to adhere to. Like, I, I don't understand why AEW would block something. Like, even if they said The Shield, they're not going to get, like, a cease and desist or something. For from from WWE, I don't, don't get it. I don't know. They did get a cease and desist to stop doing the uh, too sweet way back. Actually, so I'm happy maybe. then. Good, because <laughs> no, but, I, I'm uh, sick of seeing go, that. But just like I was saying with that, though, it's an anticlimactic. Just because we we're getting ready to go off on jokes about Captain America, and it's like, oh, speaking of Shield, uh, that's just what it brought up. And then I'm glad because Jim Ross last night was talking about War Games '92 so much on commentary really because yes that's why i put this in a tweet i was like thanks to the <clears throat> aew commentary team for talking about war games 92 so much uh because i think it had a lot to do with they were in jacksonville and this was the, i think the first like dustin being in the main event and all this stuff and it's just harkening back to that like they talk about it a lot so it is interesting kinda... like when when war games starts jim ross makes it no no i'm sorry it's jesse ventura he goes because I think the, the one the guy here with the biggest disadvantage is Dustin Rose because he's the youngest, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh, boy. Because <laughs> now in AEW, he's damn near the oldest performer they've got. <clears throat> yeah, he's fifty. Uh, but all in all, I mean, it's just, again, everybody's got a DDT. Everyone gets a figure four. Uh, just <laughs> I, I don't get the 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 Vikita call off Sting thing, like it just seems out of place. It seemed like something that should happen before, like in in maybe a post match preview. That's what Tony Schiavone yeah. and Bischoff could have been doing. Was in like the whole night could have been talking about. We're trying. I know they kept saying Missy's trying to talk to him, but that doesn't go anywhere. But they're like, we're trying to find out if Nikita's really on the same page. That could have been a story the whole night like, to talk about. Right. No, 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 that's, that doesn't make sense it's like oh nikita is he really on sting's side and goes well sting why don't you ask him if he says he doesn't want to tell you just get a new fucking partner <laughs> yeah yeah is there really like, not i'm a gonna this guy he can find no because ron simmons has a match <laughs> jy got hurt uh oh he's big josh fine. had to <laughs> big big josh battled the undertaker i mean oh, you know that didn't go well <laughs> that's right his josh. his buddy who who was just a, a Sting protege just a few shows ago? Marcus Bagwell is now dealing with the sophomore slump, so it's not like you could have went to him. All of, and Lex is gone, so and the Steiners were obviously uh, booked already. So I think they're still ready to go. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. Oh, okay. So like... right after the submission, it, like this is really fucking funny. Like they just everyone saw Zabisco just, you know, he was just late. Like the the Sting got out of the way or whatever. But it doesn't seem to matter. The Dangerous Alliance just starts like eating him alive. Like how could you? How could you do that? And like <clears throat> you can very audibly hear Bobby Eaton. <laughs> Like holding his shoulder, and he looks at Larry, and he goes, "Jesus Christ!" Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it was priceless. <laughs> oh it man, it was really good. It, 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 that was a, like a very cinematic moment. It where like the villains are all huddled around, like regrouping after losing. It's just right. one, like, but. One thing that was weird is during where Sting, who apparently is not as dumb as we've made him out to be with always getting betrayed, just uh, smells blood in the water and immediately goes for it yeah. uh, <laughs> to get on to Bobby Eaton. While he's like that, like Missy Hyatt's out there screaming, give up. Oh, my God, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Like the whole point is if he gives up, they lose. I mean, like, so not Missy, sorry, Medusa. So it's like maybe, you know, Medusa's got a thing for Bobby Eaton. Give me that story. That's what tears up the dangerous alliance. Hmm? Jason, what'd you rate That's this, what, by the way? Uh, I gave this to seven. Okay. Charlie, would you th- would you overall rate this? I gave it an eight. An eight? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think eight's where I'm at too, because like I I'd still like even though I understand the ending a little bit better, like it does still feel like a this this feels like it could be better. Like this could have been. The only thing I like is that the camera is right there to capture it, which is really cool. I like to see the camera, like, right on the moment, you know, because I kept thinking this thing comes out of nowhere. And, you know, if you're a home viewer, you kind of see it happen. But it's it, of, of all these war game matches, and I'll be honest, I have not seen the NXT one from a few years ago or however long it was ago, so I can't put it beside and judge what it is. Of all the war games matches I've seen, this is definitely the standout. Like, I think this one is such a fun watch in terms of what wrestling can be like this is a good payoff to this feud i mean regardless like even though the ending is even with the ending being what we've talked about like i think this is just a great finish to the to the show it really does pay off this entire hype of what war games is um okay charlie while you're you're still are you you're doing uh ratings right now right Yep, just give me just a second. No worries. I'm going to read this. So this is what Nick sent us about Wrestle War, okay? And I told you I'd save it for the ending here. This is from the Wrestling Observer during, uh, you know, after after Wrestle War. So this is from the time period. Wrestle War drew a crowd of 6,000, max capacity of 8,000 for a live gate of $72,000 and a .6 pay-per-view. On Tuesday, the 12th of May, 1992, Turner Broadcasting announced former wrestler in Mid-South Wrestling and UWF owner-slash-booker Bill Watts as the new vice president of wrestling operations. Watts was to take over all aspects of the wrestling side of the business and report directly to Bob DeHue, who oversees WCW and reports to WCW president Bill Shaw. Kip Fry, or K. Allen Fry, as we've seen him on air, becomes the VP of Business Affairs. Now, Kip Fry would leave WCW on Wednesday, the 27th of May. Frey, Fry reportedly had no idea he was being replaced by Watts, and the VP of Business Affairs role was a figurehead position to save face. He moved to another position within Turner Broadcasting. He was replaced as the number two man in WCW by Jim Ross, who would handle television production, marketing, merchandising, and li- liaisoning with uh, 
uh, with Turner Home Entertainment. Ross said on his radio show in response to questions about Watts's hiring that the boys are going through a culture shock in response to the disciplinarian attitude that Watts brought. Watts also, or Ross also said he expected a turnover rate as high as 30 to 40% of the talent before all is said and done. Lastly, he said that the format WCW Saturday Night, the brainchild of Kip, of Kip Fry, would be undergoing an overhaul under Watts, <coughs> and at the time there would be long delays between matches and the non-wrestling segments were taped. Uh, Nick is going to give us some more on Bill Watts on our next episode, which will be Beach Blast. Side note, in Mexico, this this marks the beginning of AAA. AAA is about to begin there. Um, also, fun fact... While he was already Vinny Vegas in WCW, Kevin Nash was still working the Oz gimmick in New Japan, where he faced <laughs> where he faced Hashimoto on the the May seventeenth card. The um, I said earlier there was a um, um, there was somebody who was supposed to be working in place of Richard Morton against Big Josh. That was Scott Undertaker. Hall. So well, oh. that's right. That's right. <laughs> mean Mark was you know, it was. Scott Hall? Scott Hall left WCW the same night as WrestleWar for the WWF, where he is reportedly to take on a Fonzie-type character. Again, this is from the time period. So, um, The WCW Saturday night taping at Center Stage in Atlanta on May 11th for May 23rd, May 30th, and June 6th episodes drew 800 people with free tickets. And lastly, the WCW Worldwide taping set for uh, May 25th were scheduled for, get the 25 matches. Can you imagine going to those worldwide oh. tapings that is brutal but probably fun probably fun real and i did i wanted to ask him about like the fallout of the steiners uh fujinami ayazuka match just to find out like what was what happened with it he says the observer reported in there there were fears that there were broken bones as an ayazuka's face following the tag team match but it was revealed the next day that there were no broken bones but there was just a lot of swelling as of June 1st, he was still out of action. Apart from the facial swelling, his body was riddled with bruises. The IWGP Tag Team Champions, no, like, 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 like I was thinking at the time, I was like, man, if they're erupt, if this is the number one contendership match, I'd hate to see what the the title match is. Well, guess what, guys? They're the the, the tag team champions are Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. So, oh God. <laughs> So that's well, retire the do we get to see this? Um, I don't know. I because our next show is Beach Blast, so I'm not positive, but I'm sure that we can look it up and we'll find we can find it. Um, find it on YouTube or something. There's not a clash, is there a clash between now? Not between this and Beach Blast, the clash is after, and I think this is the clash I went to in Charleston in '92. I'm not positive. Oh, yeah, I think, I think, but. That clash is after Beach Blast. So we're actually going from one pay-per-view to another with this next one. Mm. Is the next clash from Charleston? I think so. I think it's from McAllister Fieldhouse, I think. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Okay. Um, what I wanted to see was... Um, okay, Charlie, what did you get the ratings? We're good to go. Okay, <clears throat> cool. So I have it at the highest. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> Uh, well, but when you look at what Jason's score is, I mean, it's pretty different. <laughs> like, I, I, Will, you're in the middle, and but you're a little bit closer to me I than am. Jason. Of course I am. Jason's at rock bottom. Um, oh, God, I have hit rock bottom. Thanks for bringing that up. No, your number is at rock bottom. You're, oh, good. I feel better then. Good God. We <laughs> gave this show a 4.9. <clears throat> okay. 
Um, Cagematch.net has it as six five five. Six five Bullshit. five is where it is. Now, um, the Meltzer ratings, as you guys could probably predict, the last three matches are all pretty highly rated. Um, Those are all great matches. Yeah, Flying Brian and Z-Man is three and three quarters. I uh, the the Steiners tag match is three and three quarters, and five stars for War Games. Which, wow. I mean, I I get it. I mean, I get it. I think maybe at the time, I I don't know. I don't. Maybe that ending probably. doesn't. Probably. You know, I don't know. Maybe that oh. ending is. You know, but can we talk about well, one more thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because uh, I want to bring this up almost every time I hear it. Because um, once again, this is how I know WCW was the number two company. Uh, Jim Ross, sitting at the table, never worked for WWF before at this point, with Jesse Ventura, who'd been with WWF for several years before, prior. And Jim Ross ends the whole show by going, Jesse, I got to ask you, in all your years of professional wrestling, have you ever seen anything quite like War Games, the match beyond? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, no, no, I haven't. Just, okay, like it's just this this approval from like, like they did this with Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. uh, like when he came on, where it's like, oh, this guy's established, this guy's from up north, and we have to ask him these, we have to you know get that seal of approval, yeah. And it's, it's like you really don't like this is a really cool show, right? <laughs> and. It's just it's just one of those things that I don't ever remember WWF doing this. Not once do I remember like one of the commentators looking at the other ones and have you ever seen professional wrestling like this? And really, it's because WWF always acted like they were the only one. Yeah, I mean, and also like like we're also used to pay per views end once the final match ends, unless there's some like business. That's true too. Like or sh- shenanigans. Yeah, it seems like I don't know if it's a time filler to like get your money's worth. I have no idea, but. Um... But they, they just refuse to go off the air right away. Like, we always have to sit and talk about it for a minute. When, it's with, when honestly, it's like, I mean, I'll be honest, and maybe it's just because of us having to review these. Like, I am checked out. Like, I'm like, all right, done. I am done. Done. <laughs> and uh, that's... Yeah, I am too. It's like, well, they'll pick up on this once Nitro starts. It's just like, we're out of time. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, you they... own the network. <laughs> <laughs> How are you out of time? I, I swear, if AEW doesn't do that their first episode, I'll be disappointed. I want to see... Well, we're out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. And, and uh, Stinger Splash into the camera, we're out. <laughs> Stinger Splash into the camera. We'll fill you in next week. <laughs> uh, Will the Steiners beat the Outsiders for the Tag Team Championship? Stay tuned for Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Over the top is next! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> You want them? Yeah. Got you got them. <laughs> Don't do that. People think we're coming back with that. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, this Christmas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so, guys, this that was Rest, that was Wrestle War 92, the War Games, the Match Beyond, the uh, the Apology, the, the, final, the final Insult. Frontier. The Final yeah. Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> the quickening um we're gonna be back much sooner we'll be back <laughs> with beach blast 92 that'll be the next um that'll be the next episode of the new blood rising podcast unless now that i i'm saying that but you know there's always possibility we'll sneak in one of the uh the perfect tens we love doing those those mm-hmm. are a lot of fun to do and if if there's one that comes together that may pop up it'll be a surprise it'll be fun for everybody so until then we're on twitter at new blood pod we're on facebook new blood rising podcast 
I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore stabs. We'll see you guys next for Beach Blast 92. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. That's the goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're gonna be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.